All right, ladies and gentlemen, a few minutes early, but uh, it's better to be early than late, right? We are here, episode three of Midnight MMA. Going to be talking all things mixed martial arts from the last week. We do have a few special guests joining us tonight. I don't want to name any names because, you know, if they don't come through, I'm going to look like a proverbial jackass. But we do have some special guests, at least one fighter fighting next weekend at Bellator 290. We're going to have one of the fighters from PFL Challenger Series on Friday night joining us. And uh, yeah, it's going to be a great show because we we talk all things mixed martial arts. And that's why you're here. You're not here for boxing. You're not here for uh, anything else. You're here for MMA information, news, and content. If you don't know our show, it runs from 12 o'clock midnight to 2 o'clock a.m. We guarantee you good content, good guests, real fighters, people that you might recognize. And we're going to talk mixed martial arts the entire two hours. We're going to hit a few top stories. Going to go over the funniest thing that I saw in the entire weekend of mixed martial arts. And this this week, we, we do have something funny <laughs> to talk about. We'll discuss Mr. McGregor's love boat as you can see by the thumbnail he has somehow involved himself into another bit of a entanglement is that a good way of saying it an entanglement and uh yeah we're gonna go through some other top stories the release of luke rockhold crazy i i can't believe he's gone and the way he left was in you know very similar to ningano some other guys is that a trend we'll talk about that march madness is upon us Next month for UFC, they have a stacked month. They've got UFC 285, 286, and then, of course, UFC Fight Night, Jan versus Tavashvili. So those are some of our top stories. We're going to talk about PFL Week 1. We're going to go over the results of that. Now, I did a very detailed breakdown on what happened with PFL Week 1. That's available in the PFL Challenger Series Week 2 breakdown, where we recap uh, week one, and it was a disaster for us. <laughs> but we'll touch upon that because there ain't no hiding around here. And then, of course, we'll look ahead to next week, which is going to be UFC Vegas 68, Spivak versus Lewis. And we have some special guests. Before I get started, today's episode is brought to you by FightTube. Are you tired of scouring the web for fighter film? Don't want to pay the extra subscription fees to watch old fights? Well, FightTube is on the job. FightTube is creating a comprehensive and easy-to-use film library that can be accessed from a traditional computer or mobile device. FightTube's beta version is set to launch this spring. FightTube.org, the MMA video library. I'll be talking a lot about that FightTube tool when they launch. Uh, very excited to have access to it myself because it's going to be a film library where you can watch tons of mixed martial arts and uh, be able to do some film study because, as you know, for the cappers out there, the people that break down fights, or just a casual better. It's it's uh it ain't easy out there. <laughs> it ain't easy out there. You gotta really work hard to find film and content to uh you know watch the fighters you're breaking down. So let's do this. We're gonna be about 30 minutes from our first guest. Our first guest is joining us at the bottom of the hour at 12:30. So I have 30 minutes to kind of like ramp up and get through some things, and I'll do that with you. For those joining us live, comment whatever you gotta say good, bad, the ugly. I'll respond as fast as I can. It is midnight here on the 30th of January, East Coast time. So we're going to probably have a light audience, but I do love this. 
for the like eighties babies out there. I mean, like myself, I was a seventies kid, but I mean, eighties babies like myself, we grew up with like, you know, the late night talk shows. We grew up with Arsenio Hall. We grew up with uh, Chris Rock on HBO. It's more like nineties. I remember being in college in the nineties and watching Chris Rock do his HBO show late at night and thinking to myself, who the fuck's up watching this? <laughs> right. But uh, look at me doing it now myself. But I do like the late night hours. I feel like you can hone in, right? Kind of be with your your own thoughts. Put the kids and the wife to bed, you know, just sort of, you know, goose frow, right? Okay. Enough, enough. All right. So lead stories in MMA this past week, things I want to talk about. We've got to start with the woman who accuses Conor McGregor of getting aggressive with her because I find this story to be absolutely hilarious from a comedic standpoint. Not funny if you're her and maybe she got assaulted. So I want to make sure I clarify those things. They're two different things. Funny how I'm going to discuss it, but not funny if you're a victim of domestic violence. Right? Am I clear on that one? Okay. So the the parameters of this story, what I've gathered is that this woman runs into McGregor, I guess like on land <laughs> over there next to somewhere in the far, you know, Spain or somewhere where people have big yachts that have a lot of money. Okay. And you've got Connor out there with his Lambo yacht, not just a yacht, but it's got a Lambo yacht, money. So he's on his Lambo yacht and he's doing his thing. I guess he goes on land at some point, runs into someone that he knows from back in Ireland. Go figure. He's like not halfway around the world, but he's pretty far from Ireland. And uh, he runs into someone he knows. And he's like, yo, what's up? How are you? I, I know you from back in the day. Um, come on the boat. Come, come hang out with us, you know? Now, some factors here that I think are important. My initial thought was it must have been some kind of a baddie, like some badass bitch, right? I don't know what she looks like. I have no idea. But when I heard that she was older, that threw me for a loop. Is she like, you know, more of like a, an aunt type of relationship or elderly relationship to him? Not necessarily like a girl from around the way. That was like what threw me off because she is a bit older, but not super old. Like I'm talking older, like maybe in her 40s. So she, you know, she could be a, could be a MILF, right? So he sees her. He's like, yo, come on to the boat with us. Let's, let's all hang out. I know you. You know me. That's the story, right? She goes onto the boat. The following morning after a night of, you know, whatever goes on on a Lambo yacht <laughs> with a lady who just runs into Conor McGregor. Hey, Conor. Whatever happens, happens. In the morning, based upon her accusations, he gets physical with her. He kind of has a, a CTE moment. <laughs> loses his shit, gets aggressive with her, sort of like, I guess, you know, threatens to punch her or hurt her, or kill her, or drown her, you know, all these things you hear in a domestic violence dispute. In her moment of like, you know, I wouldn't say panic, just not sure what to expect. She, she jumps off the boat. <laughs> she's like, I'm just, I'm jumping off, right? Probably the boat was, you know, docked. So it's not like she's jumping into the middle of the Atlantic Ocean here, but she jumps off the boat. And gets rescued by, I guess, Coast Guard type of thing going on over there, right? Coast Guard picks her up. And she's like, you know, based on her story, she's like, get me back to my hotel. I'm done. I'm done. I had enough for today. I don't want to talk to nobody. I don't want to press no charges. That's it. Okay. So story is gone. There is no story. <sighs> Months later, she recants that, you know, she thought at first it was someone else, but then she realized it was Connor and then she didn't want to say anything because she knows him and, and, you know, 
a lot of excuses about why she didn't report the initial story, which it doesn't mean it didn't happen. It's just excuses. Now, here's where the details get hilarious to me. So she doesn't have <laughs> a phone, a wallet, nothing on her when they recover her from the water, but her bikini. And I'm just like, wait a second, wait a second now. Okay. It makes sense to have a bikini and be on a yacht. Nothing wrong with that, right? But I started thinking to myself, like, when she boarded that boat the night before, and it's a big boat, it's a yacht, right? She could have had her own room, maybe, right? Could have had her own quarters, uh, could have rolled on a suitcase, right? Could have had an evening gown, you know, could have, you know, sort of been well-equipped for the full overnight stay, right? Her bag. I just don't think that was the scenario. <laughs> and so what I'm envisioning here is that she boards the boat, has a great time, wearing a bikini, nothing else, hanging out. If I was a terrible police officer, I would ask her, did you remove the bikini, ma'am? Did you take that bikini off when you went to sleep? Or did you wake up uh, clothingless? Did you did you share a bed with Connor? <laughs> would have a bunch of weird questions for her that probably are not fair in a person situation who's been a victim of domestic violence. But I found this story to be a bit hilarious. And I think it goes to the fact that Connor is a multi-millionaire 10 times over. He is a walking target. When you have that much money, people are going to come at you. It sounds to me, and just talking from perspective, that this woman boarded that yacht with Connor with the idea Hey, I'm going to have a good time. We're going to flow. Drinks are going to flow. Maybe he got a little aggressive with her. She didn't like that style. And he just tossed her ass off the boat. <laughs> Maybe that's what happened. But it never helps you as a victim of any any kind of crime. I'm, this is just food for thought. If you're a victim of a crime, don't, don't wait to report it. Because the longer you wait, the more... It appears as if maybe you weren't a victim of the crime. And so from that perspective, again, I hope all parties work out. I'm fairly sure that Connor can write a check large enough to uh, settle her grievance with him in the event that something did happen. But yeah, a very weird story. Connor, his Lambo yacht over off the coast of, I don't know, Sicily or Italy or somewhere over there. And this woman that he knows from back home in Ireland, you know, jumps on the boat and, oh my gosh, you know, yeah, hose be hose. <laughs> be careful out there, guys. All right, so we have a month to go, about four weeks, for UFC's version of March Madness. Next month, we have UFC 285, John Jones and Gunn. That's going to be, I mean, think about it. John Mofo Jones is fighting again. You got about four weeks to brace yourself for that. You've got UFC Fight Night, Jan versus Bashvili. That's going to be exciting. Then you've also got UFC 286. Two guys you may have heard of, uh, this guy named Edwards and this guy, Usman. Yeah, that's going to be a huge rematch. I believe the third time they're fighting, right? They had a fight earlier last year or whatever. And of course, it was my loss of title to Edwards. It's the third time they're fighting, though. So this trilogy should be very exciting. I'm looking forward to it. And I think that if you're the UFC, it's a smart move, right? Why not <laughs> take advantage of the March madness and just, you know, front load a bunch of events in that part of the year? So I like that. Smart. Luke Rockhold leaves the UFC and is this a trend? I don't want to get all up on my Ariel Hawani high horse. Uh, and I do have some some comments about Ariel Hawani. I do want to make sure I, I say some things about him tonight. But Luke Rockhold leaving the UFC and then going on the Ariel Hawani show in an hour and basically just saying, yeah, I told them I went out my contract. And they were like, all right, dude, if you went out, you're good, man. And I was like, whoa, whoa say it again. He basically had more fights left in the contract and was like, yeah, I went out. And I know people like that. I'm kind of a big deal. He kind of said that on the show. 
<laughs> he's like, I'm a, kind of a big deal. And I wanted out. So I know people in, you know, big places. And uh, yeah, you know, they let me go. I don't really get along with Dana, Dana White, but I've always been friends with so-and-so and they let me go. And so Luke Rockhold just walks away from the UFC. He retired in August, if you remember this. He retires at the end of the fight and he's like, you know, him and uh, Costa fought. And, you know, he had his moments. He looked old. He looked tired. He looked fatigued. He retires. And after the fight, off into the sunset, right? He mentioned PFL in his interview with Dana, with, with I'm sorry, with uh, Erhuani. He mentioned some other stuff. He mentioned being reinvigorated. You know, enough money will get all these dumbasses back in the octagon if you give them enough money. And I say dumbasses because at some point it's like, come on, man, you've had a full career. Let's go. You know, thank you for joining us there, Dark Matters. I imagine Dark Matter New Zealand, NZ. I imagine so. But thank you for joining us there, sir. We are just getting started here. We're 10 minutes after the top of the hour. And we have two hours of coverage for you, along with a handful of fighters, some fighters you guys will recognize. And we are working our tail off beating the bush to find good interviews and good fighters. And uh, matter of fact, it's a good chance to plug the interview we had with Alejandra Lara. We spoke to her late this week or late last week now, since it's Sunday going into Monday. And that full interview is available on our YouTube channel, also available via podcast, wherever you listen to your podcast. Just search MMA Fight Club, Alejandra Lara, and you will see the full interview with the very lovely Alejandra Lara. She is, you know, forgive me for saying so, she is such a delight to talk to, so sweet. And quite frankly, I, I find myself perplexed when I see such nice people fighting. <laughs> you know, it's like like ro interviewing Roxanne Mataferi, same thing. It's like, you know, Roxanne Mataferi is just the nicest, like she would babysit your kids. Like she would be a nanny. You know, I, I mean that like in the most polite way, but she's a badass and she'll beat you up. And Alondra Lara, same thing. So yes, peace in New Zealand. So if you're in New Zealand, this is not so late, <laughs> right? If you're in New Zealand, this is like a normal time for you. What time is it in New Zealand there, Dark? Because right here in the East Coast, it's 12, 12 a.m. All right, so yes, Luke Rockhold leaves the UFC. That's that. Um, all options are on the table from what he talked about. He looked at PFL, blah, 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 whatever. Um, sounded, for lack of better words, like he was tired of, you know, tired of the same system. He didn't criticize the UFC per se, but just sort of tired of that. Just wanted to be new. And that's okay. Like when a, when a player gets traded from a team, it's just like, just need another place. You know what I mean? Wow. Okay, so 6, 12 at night, you, bro. For you, just lock and load. I guarantee you, Dark, you're going to enjoy this show. You're going to like the interviews. I promise you that. So it's 6.12 p.m. over in New Zealand. And yet it's 12.13 in the morning here, or 12.12 12 in the morning here in the East Coast in the United States. Welcome, Dark Matters. I love the, by the way, the New Zealand accent. So dope. So dope. Okay, so next story I want to talk about. MMA Lawton. I have not entertained this topic very much. I have done my best to stay away from what I would call the cattle herd. And look, I'm going to say it. It's not a popular opinion. And I understand some people may even give me some blowback for what I'm going to say about this situation. I get it. I'm not the kind of person to jump on board the popular opinion. That's not my style. <laughs> I'm not the kind of person to just get in line and follow sheep. Nope. Not my style. When I see a bunch of people walking that way, I usually take a peek behind me and see where are we walking from, where are we walking towards. I just want to have my mind open, open-minded, right? If you don't know the story about M.A. Lawton, 
fast forward. This will be a waste of your life, a waste of your time, a waste of your hearing. For those who do know the story of what happened recently at Melaton, here's my thoughts. According to a few posts this last past week, he has paid every single person that was owed money from his contest, right? And I want to put this into perspective because I feel like what happens on Twitter, right? What happens on the socials, the, the keyboard stuff, it ain't, it ain't real life. You see, people get on their computers and they get onto their social media accounts and then they become, in essence, like a different character. They're They're hiding behind that image. They'll say things they wouldn't say to people's faces. They'll make... Um, in essence, they'll make statements they wouldn't make to your face. Put it that way. It, 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 I think we all can agree on social media. People go and say things that they probably wouldn't say to someone's face, right? That, that's safe to say. How many times I mean, do, do you see the guy from FTX paying everybody back? <laughs> like, do you, did, did, did Madoff pay everyone back? Like, I could just go on and on the list of people that have not paid legitimate debts that were much more than the $35,000, $40,000 that this man, M.A. Lawton, was supposedly in debt to. And he paid all of it back. And I'm like, wait a second here. So this dude pays every single dime, not money he borrowed, mind you. He didn't borrow this money, right? So this was money people put into a prize pool, and then they won whatever respective prizes, and were waiting for him to pay them the prize money. <laughs> I mean, wait a second. So think about this. If you had put the money in for prizes, right, and then you didn't win, what the fuck's your problem? Oh, you're so you're so worried about everybody. The people going to Twitter and being like, "Well, I just hope he pays everyone." Oh, please, <laughs> please, please, Mother Teresa, with the "I hope everyone gets paid." Come on. Come on, come on, come on, come on. No one's that worried about their bills, okay? No one's that worried about other people's bills. He made some mistakes. The biggest one being when he tried to, in a moment of panic, in essence, create some excuses. And he talked about that in his apology video. He made some excuses. He twisted and turned left and right and ultimately put himself into a weird situation as opposed to just saying early on, listen, I'm short on change. I'm trying to get things rectified. I had some transaction fees. I also tried to gamble a little bit of it. Fucked up. All right. But you go on Twitter and you, well, Twitter's not the end all, but you go on social media and what it appears to me is like people are projecting their own negativity onto him, saying things like he can never be trusted. Um, anyone who you know engages with him is like, the dude paid, he, he paid all the money. Like he could have just walked away from all of that. And then to insinuate it was on purpose is crazy talk. He depends upon this as like his, in essence, career. He loves this. I don't care what you say about him a lot that he's not a good guy, but shady. I think he generally loves mixed martial arts. That's just my opinion. Call me crazy. I think he, he generally made a few mistakes and he, Hey, here's my mistakes. I'm going to, you know, try to own up to it. Try to do the best I can to rectify and then he goes ahead and um, pays it back. Now, I've got some people in here, and I do want to have these comments read here. So MPTV writes in here, he made an apology video, but I still wonder, put it this way, dude, and I'm, gonna, I'm responding to you directly, MPTV. All you can do 
is simply say, I'm sorry. I, I, I apologize for people that I stressed out. Here's all the money. So every other comment he makes beyond that is, in essence, into the wind, right? I get that. Like, it's, you know, talk is cheap, right? Talk is cheap. So money, you know, money makes the world go round. Talking is just, you know, talking shit. But he did pay. And I, 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 I'm, for the life of me, I'm like, wait a second. He didn't pay a bill, right? It wasn't, a, it wasn't an electric, electricity bill. It wasn't a mortgage payment. He paid out contests that he created that allowed people to win the money. I mean, can we give at least some credit to the man for creating a contest? People won money and then he paid them the money. If I was one of the winners of that contest, and I'm not going to talk by names, but there's one winner in particular who won a lot of money. <laughs> He's got every dime of it. That guy should be the first person on social media saying, hey, I, I, I was a little sketched out. Things got a little bit hairy there. I uh, I don't condone all the stuff, but I got all my money and I appreciate it and and thank you. It's not the same thing, but imagine if like you won a lottery ticket, right? And they're like, well, it's going to take us six months. Fuck it. Take a year. Just pay me my money. <laughs> pay my money. He was saying he was going to pay the money. He got behind on the clock, but eventually he pays. Eventually he pays. So MPTV writes in here, what if he made ghost accounts? Yeah, you know, that's, I don't know, man. I It can, it can happen. It can happen. People go out there and make ghost accounts. They get, <laughs> they go down that, that rabbit hole. Um, MPTV also writes in here, dude has stones of steel to run a Patreon based on the fact that he is giving expert picks. Yeah, this is a different space. There were, we, I'm glad you mentioned MPTV. I'll talk about it. A friend of mine has just started a Patreon account and to each their own, you know, you got It's a hustle out there. If you're making content and whether it's a hobby or whether it's career option, whatever you're doing, it takes time. It takes energy. And you just want a little bit of income to sort of support, excuse me, support that. I do get that. What I don't get, and I'm going to get crucified for this too. What I don't get is why would people sign up for Patreon or even discords when this information that we're talking about is out there in the open, right? Everything we're discussing is open content, right? It's YouTube or whatever. When I log into my Apple podcast on my, my app on my phone, I'm not paying, I'm not going through a paywall to hear the Dan Lebitard show or to hear Bomani Jones. I'm, I'm just listening. I always thought that was the better avenue. Generate your revenue through advertising, build a big audience, have viewers, and you know, sort of work walk backwards from there. When you start charging people for picks <laughs> and then special content, the stress level goes through the roof because now it's like if my picks aren't right, fuck. Uh, if my content is speed or not on time, yeah. Choi Bay, Choi Bay, it's good to have you. Uh, I will be releasing the full Bellator 290 video newsletter breakdown. Uh, that'll be coming in the next 48 hours. So Choi Bay, it'll be available. But I have one better for you, Choi Bay. Stay tuned. I have two fighters coming on in a few minutes that are both fighting at Bellator 290. Yeah, yeah, I said it. And by the way, can I flex for a minute? Can I flex? I'm not a capper. MA Fight Club is not a capping organization. We are a podcast. And we talk mixed martial arts and we have breakdowns and we have fighters coming through the flex is 
that we have made so many amazing inroads in the last few months, fighters, agents, managers, coaches, that we're like booked for the next month for, for Sunday night interviews. And I'm thrilled because these fighters give us the inside. If you're going to subscribe to a channel that talks about mixed martial arts and discusses things like we're discussing, do they have fighters on there? Do they have actual people in the industry? Uh, so, yeah, that's that's our angle. That's my flex. And no, Choi Bay, I did reach out to Mr. Eblen, big fan of his. He's got a big fight. It's a title fight. He's got the title right now. But uh, I'm a big fan. I like his style. Good wrestler. He's got his hands full next week. Um, what I could do for though, Choi Bay, again, is just uh, look out for Sunday, go to Monday. Like Monday, Tuesday, at some point, the video for the full breakdown for Bellator 290 will be available. The PFL Week 2 Challenger Series video is already up, guys. So if you want that breakdown, that one's already up, along with the newsletter uh, breakdown, along with also the raw notes are available. So if you haven't subscribed to our newsletter, please do so. Our newsletter is free. It gives you breakdowns for, I mean, PFL, Invicta, Bellator, UFC, the main ones, the main events, basically, the main promotions. It's a full written breakdown. There's also links in there to the video breakdowns. And then there's also the raw notes. So we do like a raw notes Word document. It's now available on Google Drive, and that's free. So you can also go ahead and access all that. But that's available right now. Like I said, PFL number two, that's already up and available. Um, PFL week one was a disaster for us. <laughs> we, we were all behind Barbosa and Witten or Whitner, and uh, yeah, crashed and burned. Got about five minutes before my next guest jumps in here, so I want to wrap up my thoughts on Amy Laden. He repaid his debt. We all make mistakes. Uh, the world's about forgiveness. If you never want to hear from him again, just tune out. If you if you have nothing positive to say to him or about him, keep it moving. You know, I I don't get the like you know like the you know the the, the Twitter police. You know, people. Oh, blah, blah. It's like come on, stop, stop, stop. The world is full of a lot of shit. Don't be part of the full of shit, right? All right. Uh, one more thought before our next guest comes in here. Uh, Slap League continues. I have watched one episode of Slap League. I do have to tell you, I was curious. I found myself a little bit entertained. Um, am I surprised? No. <laughs> it's the UFC production crew, and they know what they're doing. Uh, I did have a very interesting conversation, though, with a fighter this week. I spoke with... Sajara Eubanks, who that interview will air sometime next week. She informed us that she was released by the UFC. That's not a shocker. It's not out there, I guess. It's it's not news that people are aware of, but she was cut by the UFC last week. And she told me really clearly that it was because of the weight cut um, and some other factors. But man, she brought up some stuff that was juicy and nothing like terrible about the UFC, but things that I got to talk about later. The, I mean, I'm going to give you a little hint here. Mark. Zuckerberg, you guys don't maybe remember this, but Mark Zuckerberg, it was like around the time of the, I don't know, it was after, it was post-COVID. He went to a UFC fight night event at um, at the Apex Arena with his wife. And he literally had the entire arena to himself with not a single fan in there except for his wife and Dana. And I'm like, how did I forget that this happened? And Sajara tells me the story of how she couldn't get any tickets for her family or friends to attend the apex events and i'm like really not even she's like nope not even one and i'm like Holy. then she explains that situation with, with mark zuckerberg and i'm like i forgot that happened 
So, you know, Ariel's been on this thing recently. Ariel Hawani's like, oh, you know, people don't want to fight the Apex. Uh, yeah, he's right. It's it's true. I've talked to enough enough fighters that they do not want to fight the Apex. They do not. Uh, it, it's and the fighters who don't say anything are just the company people that are just trying to get a paycheck. But no one wants to fight there. And I've talked to enough fighters that I could tell you for sure without naming their their names. They don't want to fight there. <laughs> they don't want to fight there. Um, but I had a lot of good discussions there with Sajara. I know she's not, you know, the most popular fighter right now. She's she's going through her moments. But how many of you have fought in the UFC? I'm waiting. You know, so from that standpoint, I have a ton of respect for anyone who gets into a cage and fights. She did go in the Ultimate Fighter years ago, you know, had her moments, whatever. Um, but now looking to possibly regroup change directions, maybe look at Invicta, maybe look at the PFL. She has some things in the works. And uh, that interview with Sajara Eubanks will air this week. But yeah, I thought that was really mind-blowing. Mark Zuckerberg had the entire Apex Arena to himself. It was just him and his wife with Dana <laughs> watching a full UFC fight night. Yeah, so I got to look up which fight night that was. But when I, when I was reminded of that, I said to myself, oh, Jesus. Oh, my God. We got a few minutes here before 1230. So one more thing. James Lynch versus MMA Guru. Have you guys heard of this beef? Oh, my gosh. I know. I probably shouldn't be talking about this MMA Twitter nonsense, but I got to mention it because I did catch some of that video. James Lynch does a very good job, does interviews, uh, great content, uh, has a channel. Look him up. Good guy. MMA Guru is got an army of people behind him. He's He's pumping out content from what? New Zealand or Australia, wherever he's from. Awesome accent. And he's got his own little kind of click. He's got a following and a half. It's hilarious. But I guess his following and James Lynch's following kind of clashed. And they did like a little interview together. They did like a little, you know, chat it out, be friends. I got to give it to this MMA guru guy. Like he was talking about the different techniques that he uses to basically drive traffic and get viewers. And he's just got it, man. You know, ain't no jealousy from my perspective to him. Whatever he's got, I, I want some of that because he's got it and people follow him. Oh, my gosh. They subscribe to his stuff and they make videos of his videos. He's got minions who make like little TikTok videos of his videos. I mean, he doesn't make them himself. They're just, they're just out there. <laughs> but I guess there was a bit of a hubbub between Mr. Lynch uh, and Mr. Lynch's like crew and then uh, some of the people from... Uh, from the uh, crew of MMA Guru. All right, guys, let me get myself ready here because I do believe that we are going to be having a guest jumping in here any moment. I just want to make sure that I'm on point. Schedule-wise, it's uh, always a bit of a challenge, making sure everyone's on point. So just give me a second here. If you don't mind while I'm doing this, I am going to put on some background. Episode three of Midnight MMA. In just a few moments, we're going to be joined by a fighter that's fighting next weekend at Bellator 290. We're going to pick his brain, talk about how's he going to win the fight. Right? That's that's the that's the question. Right? And so, and so here we go. Here we go. Peter. Peter. Can you hear me, Peter? Ah, there we go. Gotcha. All right. Going? Okay. Yes, I'm great, buddy. How are you? Great. Doing great. Thanks for having me on. 
Oh, dude, you're welcome. This is Peter Ishiguru. Am I saying it correctly? Yep, that's right. All right, Mr. Ishiguru, I, I assume you're from Japan, right, sir? No, I'm I'm from California. Yeah, my father's Japanese, so that's where I get okay. the Isha girl from. Uh, but okay. yeah, born and raised in uh, Southern California. Awesome, awesome. Well, let me introduce you guys, or introduce you to the audience here. So Mr. Ishiguru is fighting next week at Bellator 290, uh, a huge stage for you. Uh, you've got a week here of preparation. How are you feeling? How's the camp been going for you, buddy? Yeah, feeling great. You know, uh, camp was a little bit short. Um, I think I got the notice like four or five weeks out, um, you know, and uh, it's my first fight back since uh, COVID, first fight since being a dad. So, you know, I was a little bit out of shape. So I was like, all right, we got to get after it. So hit the first few weeks pretty hard. And then, um, you know, body was a little tired and stuff, but that was the plan. And then, you know, the last couple of weeks just tapering off and, Feeling really good, feeling really sharp. The rust is off now, and I'm uh, excited to get back in there. Now, you're fi you're fighting Isaiah Hokett, who is, like you, a former – you wrestled in college, correct? Correct, yeah, both Division One wrestlers. Okay, so you were at Boston University. Correct. Right? And I know Isaiah Hokett wrestled in college, but it's not important where he wrestled at, more important where you wrestled at. Anyway, so you're a former Division One wrestler. He's obviously a former wrestler himself. Or is there like a – a sense that you're the better wrestling him or, or is there an edge either way in that area of the fight? You know, I'm not really too sure. Um, yeah, that, that's a great question. Um, as far as straight wrestling, uh, I, I couldn't say I haven't seen any of his wrestling matches or anything. And um, honestly, it uh, doesn't matter too much when you get into the, the cage. It's a, uh, it's a, I would say the most important skill set, but the game kind of changes, you know, um, you know, just because you're national qualifier, national champ, whatever it was, doesn't necessarily mean like you're not going to get taken down or um, going to be able to take down uh, some of these other high level, really well-rounded guys. So um, it's going to be interesting to see uh, see what happens in there. I don't think um, either of us have fought another Division One wrestler. At least I haven't speaking for myself. I'm not sure if he has, but. Uh, Judging from the fights that I've seen, I, I don't think that's the case. So it should be a pretty fun one. It's going to be a good match. Obviously, he's going to look to wrestle. Having watched, you know, his a few fights, he's obviously you know very young in the game, but he's going to wrestle you. He's going for takedowns. You you, you know that. Oh, yeah, right? he's he's coming for your legs, dude. <laughs> yep, yep. All right. Now, where are you training in California? Is it a gym that we might recognize? Do you have any training partners that you know we we might uh, notice? Yeah, so I'm actually living up in the uh, the Bay Area now. Um, so I live in San Jose. I train at Smash Gyms. Um, so I have, uh, you know, quite a few teammates who have, um, you know, fought all over the world, um, some pretty big stages, several Bellator vets out of our gym. So, um, yeah, main training partners right now are uh, Josh San Diego, uh, Tristan Arenal. Um, yeah, we have couple other you know big guys that are our gym but uh yeah those are you know some of my main training partners right now very cool now you have been out of the cage for a while 2019 was your last fight against elias anderson yeah of about course. three and a half years yeah so if you don't mind sharing uh, obviously covid affected everyone but why the long layoff uh what was the reasons for that yeah so you know covid hit and then you know, didn't even really start getting hit up for fights until like 
2021 ish um and our gym was still closed um you know during that time uh my fiance and i just started to start trying to have a kid um she got pregnant so it's like oh i really got to be careful at the gym now i don't want to bring anything <laughs> home get her sick and then we had our son you know now he's like a year old and then you know you blink of an eye three and a half years is gone and i haven't fought yet so um this is a good kickstart to get back in the cage excellent now do you see yourself being more active after this fight you know getting back on a you know two fights three fights a year type of thing yeah yeah i think so um probably this is really good for me to get back in my routine um you know i'm not sure if you have kids but it's like they consume your life so it's like yeah you know how it is then it's really tough um my wife uh, or my fiance i guess uh, and i uh actually met at the gym so she does muay thai too um nice. so uh she's you know trying to get back in herself so it's like all right oh jeez he's not uh, at the so age you, where we can quite bring him in yet and he'll be good <laughs> so we gotta kind of switch off so you know we're figuring out that balancing act right now and she's been like super supportive so i'm super grateful for that and uh yeah i'm looking to keep fighting um but also you know get her back in there too because i know she's itching to to compete again well you bring up children and i can tell you my kids are older now they're teenagers but it it does consume you and if you love them like my wife and i love our kids it, it's like you have to put a lot of things that you want to do yourself on hold it doesn't mean you have to stop fighting i'm not exactly. saying that whatever but like you make sacrifices and you do it because you love your kids and you want them to have a better future so it's not for a bad reason but yeah dude being a parent is it's it's when they say it's full time like it's literally every hour every second yeah <laughs> yep. it's crazy man yeah you're if you're not like with them you're worrying about them or getting them set up at daycare yes. or making their lunch or whatever it is and then you know you're when you're fighting wrestling and fighting those aren't you know part-time sports you don't just show up to train and compete and go home you're watching your weight you're watching what you eat you know and then I got a full-time job too. So I got like uh What do you do? Well, I was going to ask you that. What do you what do you do for for 9 to 5? What's your living? Yeah, I'm a I'm a systems engineer. So I have a background in uh, robotics and automation. So um, you know, <laughs> been designing uh robotic systems and um implementing them uh, as of late, though I've moved more into like uh management role and stuff. So a little bit less hands-on, um a little bit more uh strategy planning and kind of higher level stuff but still uh, able to get my hands in there uh, every once in a while which i really enjoy uh so again for those tuning in we're here with peter ishiguru who's fighting next weekend at bellator 290 so peter you went to boston university did you get your degree from from that school to help lead towards his career in engineering uh, he yeah, so I went to school. I got a degree in uh, mechanical engineering, and um, I don't know if everyone listening out there knows, but my senior year, 2015, um, our uh, program was cut, actually. So it was one of, uh, like, three Man. Division One schools um, in the New England area, the other two being Harvard and Brown. Um, so I ended up redshirting this that year. That's actually how I got into MMA. I was like, well... I can't be going across the river to Harvard every day. I can't make their practices with my class schedule and stuff. So I'm going to get in this MMA gym and um, got a couple fights over there um, in New England. Um, redshirted. Uh, ended up 
committing to Brown for graduate school so I could wrestle my fifth year. Um, but what happened there was the coach was kind of new. Um, you know, when we had talked and he had signed me on, uh, he didn't realize that at Ivy Leagues, uh, there's like uh, special rules in NCAA. So uh, one of them is graduate students can't compete. So I don't know how like we oh. all missed that. But, uh, yeah, after I committed and I turned down a couple other schools that um, I was getting That's crazy. By. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, so after I turned down those other schools, uh, committed to Brown, and then I got a call, like, the day after my graduation, and he's like, I'm so sorry. Your uh, paperwork came back from compliance. You're not eligible. So I spent the next month, like, writing essays, like, calling board of directors, like, trying to make something happen. Like, yo, this rule is outdated. It's, like, doesn't make sense anymore. And, uh, you know, nothing really came of it. But uh, that's all right. That's that's life. And, you know, if I hadn't gotten cheated out of my uh, – my senior year of wrestling for two years in a row, who knows? I might not uh, be talking to you right now, right? Might not be a professional <laughs> fighter and uh, that's have true, some of these man. other opportunities. So that, you know, that is very, that, that is very true. That is very true. Um, I am going to, I'm going to let you go here, Peter. You've been right. a great guest. Believe it or not, I, you know, we have somebody coming in that you might know. His name is Isaiah Hookett. He's the next guest coming in here. Right um, on. So we're, we're going to bring in Isaiah. Uh, both you guys have this fight coming up. There he is. What's up, Isaiah? Hey, how's it going? If you don't mind, I know you're fighting this guy next week. I know you hate him. I'm just joking. Hey, how's it going? So uh, it's it's a pleasure having both of you. Peter and I were just wrapping up some of his you know college days, talking a little bit about college wrestling. And before I let you go, Peter, that rule about the graduate transfer thing, I had no idea that the Ivy League yeah, had their yeah, own set of rules. Yeah, a lot So it was, it was a pretty big bummer. I was pretty disappointed. But, um, you know, like I said, everything for a reason. And wouldn't be uh, getting some opportunities like this maybe if I had uh, gotten to wrestle that, that last year. So Yeah, absolutely. Well, Peter, it is a pleasure speaking with you. Um, you know, my son's wrestled for years, so I've, I've got an affinity for wrestlers like yourself and Isaiah. Right on. Um, I, I have a prediction. You guys are both going to win the fight next week, okay? So <laughs> somehow you're both going to win, okay? Peter, it's great talking to you, buddy. I'm going to bring you back on. We'll we'll get one of you two guys back on after the fight, and um, you know, we'll talk more. But thank you so much, Mr. Ishiro. It's a pleasure. Sounds good. Yeah, thanks, Isaiah. I'll see you uh, Saturday, buddy. Later. All right. Later. That was Peter Ishiro, who's fighting Isaiah Hokit, who's now with us. Isaiah. We were talking about wrestling, dude. Look at this now. I didn't know this rule. You know about some of these rules. I was a former college athlete myself. The new rules are pretty standard. Like if you graduate, mm -hmm. then you could transfer and then play another year or whatever your eligibility is, right? Yeah. He just told me the Ivy League is like ignores that. There's no you can't you cannot participate in the Ivy League if you have graduated from a college, another college already. Oh, wow. Yeah, I didn't know that. I guess you learn something new every day, huh? Dude, he tells me the story of how he was like, he had a fifth year. He had, a, he had one more year left, basically. And he yeah. went, he committed to Brown University, which is Ivy League. He's a smart guy, went to Boston College, whatever. They dropped the college program at Boston College when he's a senior. So he goes through that nonsense. And then right. he, he goes to transfer to Brown. He's all set. He's got everything in the works. And the coach calls him and says, by the way, you're not eligible. You, oh wow you, because the transfer rules <laughs> they don't yeah so dude man oh my gosh that's yeah that's crazy yeah i didn't know that so isaiah isaiah hook with us right here from 
from the Bellator promotion. He's competing next week at Bellator 290 against Peter Ishiru. What do you know about Peter? He's obviously a former Division One wrestler like yourself. You guys are both former Division One wrestlers. What do you know about him, and how do you plan to win this fight? Um, yeah, I like you said he he's a former Division One uh, uh, wrestler at uh, uh, Boston University, correct? Yes, sir. And uh, yeah, actually, just like him, uh, my my cro- my program was also dropped. Uh, so at, at Fresno State. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, pretty much, uh, I, I expect it to be, uh, you know, tough fight. I, I expect this guy to be, you know, tough to break. And, uh, I, I, I expect him to, you know, I expect him to be a tough out. And honestly, I, I think it's just going to come down to who just the overall, uh, you know, more skilled fighter in this. Uh, who's the more well-rounded individual? Um, I know I'm going to be the bigger guy. I wrestled at 57 and 65. Um, he wrestled at 141. So like, there's there was a two to three weight class difference, and you know mm-hmm. I'm coming down to 145. So yeah, I, I think it's going to come down to you know who's the overall you know better guy, and I think who's just you know, got themselves into the, or acclimated, acclimated themselves to MMA the best, you know, mm-hmm. transitioning from uh, wrestling to MMA. So we're here with Isaiah Hokett, a Bellator fighter who's currently two and one in Bellator. All three of your pro fights have been in Bellator, which is in yeah. itself very, very impressive. You know, most guys have to sort of, or gals have to sort of navigate the, the regional scenes. You're right. in one of the best promotions in the world. What is it like fighting in Bellator? Take us behind the curtain. What is, you know, what's, don't give me the bad side. Just give me the good side. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, you know, at, at, for, I'm not, about the first fight, you know, it's kind of, you know, a little surreal. And uh, I think you, you have all these expectations like, oh, it's like, for me, I, I didn't have any other, you know, MMA fights like I didn't do amateur no amateur right yeah no amateur yeah I had I had no amateur fights so you know I'm like navigating oh new sport uh you know I'm in the you know I'm pretty much in the big leagues now I'm I'm coming from you know uh like I'm trying to learn MMA um it's 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 really cool but um yeah, honestly, you kind of just have all the you have all these different things going through your head, and you know you want to you, you do your best to uh, make a good first impression. Um, you know, in this sport, yeah, obviously you want to, uh, you know, you want to be really good at fighting, but there's also the the aspect of this is also the entertainment business, so it's like, you know, you, you mess up with your first impression and all of a sudden you're like, you maybe have limited yourself to like maybe how much money you can make in the future because of, you know, the whole, the whole hype aspect to it. Yeah. Now and, I'm, and, I'm and, glad and you mentioned it. Yeah. Where, you know, Connor McGregor, like the guys like Connor McGregor and the Nate Diaz, the, you know, the Diaz brothers are, you know, showing kind of how it's done. And, you know, especially Connor McGregor, you mm. know, 
but you, you figure out at the end of the day, there's only one of those and <laughs> you know, so yeah. yeah, no, it's, listen, there's a, there's a, uh, there's a recipe for success and I, I right. usually say it's, it's hard work, right? But there's a, a bit of good fortune. And when you marry a little bit of good fortune with hard work, you know, you have Conor McGregor, right? Who his rags to riches story is not told enough because the dude was like living on food stamps and, you know, mm -hmm. went, went from that to where he's at. So it's an right. amazing story. You know, you, you mentioned the Bellator bright lights and learning to fight mixed martial arts with the wrestling background you have and former division one wrestler yourself. I recall your first pro fight. And this is funny because if you go yeah. way back and look at my breakdown of that fight, you were fighting Corey Samuels. And yeah. Corey came in with like a terrible like run. He had lost like a bunch of fights and he was not looking good, put it that way. And you right. were a gigantic favorite. Mm -hmm. And I I bet against you. I'm all, 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 I'm gonna just keep it 100 with you, but not because okay. I didn't think you can win the fight. I was just like, why the hell would a guy who's never fought in a mixed martial arts bout? You were like a minus 700 favorite. It was wild. Yeah. And yeah. and um, you talked about that. It's an example. Even though you had a good college wrestling career and you are obviously a top-notch athlete, it's a different sport. Right, it is. It's a different sport. Um, I think I, I, definitely after that first fight, you get you get a newfound respect for MMA. You know, you you have these guys, you know, especially, you know how it is, the, the, those guys and the, you know, and like the, the chat rooms and stuff, oh, they're, geez. you know, they're talking about how this guy's a bum and, you know, and it's, and, you know, a guy like Corey Samuels, you know, before he fought me, he had fought like pretty solid competition. That's and right. on top of that, he had, I think like 20 to 30 Amy fights. That's right. That was another reason why I bet on him against you. And it had nothing to do with you. I'm like, this guy's yeah. fought so much compared to you. And, it was like, yeah. And before me, he like the outing before me, he fought a dude who got signed to the UFC right after he fought him. Ah, look at that. Um, look at that. Yeah. Yeah. So, or yeah, right after, right after that fight, that guy got signed to the UFC so you don't even realize it, it um, you know, the level of competition, uh, you know, the ex just the experience of fighting, um, you know, these, a lot of these guys have paid their dues, you know, that are at this level. And, you and you know, I, I kind of failed to understand that in the beginning. Like, yo, some of these guys, you know, maybe aren't all that tough or maybe just to me or maybe they're not all that good but you know they've been in there they paid their dues mm -hmm. you know like just more than i had and i didn't understand that and you know i i look back at that fight like yeah i should have definitely i could have definitely have won that fight with the skill set i had at the time it, I, it was very poor game plan on my part well he caught and, you in the feet he caught you in the feet and yeah, I mean, for for lack of better words, if you have a if you have a grappling, jujitsu or wrestling background, yeah. usually the stand up game becomes the last frontier, right? Because it's right, it's not part of your normal day to day. I, yeah, I've just always kind of been that uh, you know that fearless guy that just wants to go in there and you know. Now, I, how, yeah, not, how how did you get signed to Bellator so quickly? And I, I I mean, good for you. You didn't do the regional scene shit. You didn't do the amateur stuff. I mean, your wrestling background helped you, but how did that come about that you end up with Bellator? Um. Well, so I had actually, you know, 
got called. I, I knew like AJ McKeon stuff and he knew my manager and he needed, he actually needed a guy uh, to wrestle with, to get ready for the Darian Caldwell fight. Uh, when they were doing the Bellator Grand Prix at the time, yep. like mm-hmm. they were trying to pick it back up. I think it was after COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I was his wrestling guy and, uh, you know, I hadn't been in MMA all that long. And, um, he like, essentially I was, you know, working out with him, uh, baby slice, uh, another guy that was on that same card and uh, also Joey Davis. Okay. And okay. Um, so I was working out with all them, helping them get ready for their fights. Also, Joey Davis was also facing another grappler. So I was also go- able to go with him a lot. So we were kind of killing two birds with one stone with me. And, um, you know, I'm sparring with them and stuff. And they're like, Hey, like you're, like you're pretty good. Like you, you could definitely fight at this level. Nice. You know, and uh, you know, one thing led to the next, and you know, I guess they're both talking. Or Antonio McKee and my manager are, are uh, talking to Scott Coker, and you know, and all of a sudden I'm here. Man. Yeah. Well, you made a good impression. Yeah. It, it reminds me of like the story of like when a college coach comes to like a high school to recruit. A, a certain player and they see a teammate of that player like who's that kid <laughs> who's yeah. that guy <laughs> like right. that kind of stuff right? right um you mentioned the 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 people that get on the keyboards because you know i'm an old school guy i'm from brooklyn new york and you know you got a problem with someone you you know we, yeah face to face we could talk about this right um i find myself frequently frustrated with the 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 people behind the keyboards and you mentioned it I know you could just shut things off, right? Shut the computer off and ignore it. But like how freaking annoying is the average fan who does go on the damn Twitter and Instagram and take shots at fighters and like, why'd he quit? I mean, how do you guys talk about this amongst yourself as fighters? You probably goof on these, these idiots, but (laughs) it's actually kind of funny. I don't, I don't know how it affects most people. I don't really, you know, talk about it. I, I don't know if I've talked about it too much with anybody. Um, it was kind of funny after that first fight, you know, you have people getting on there like, Oh, you're a bum. Like pretty much telling you to go kill yourself. Like Jeez. stuff like that. <laughs> oh <my goodness laughs> and I'm like looking at, I'm like kind of looking at it, you know, after my fight. And, uh, I was like, I was like kind of laughing cause I was just like, Oh, all of a sudden I'm, I'm like this guy, you know, like all of a sudden I'm one of the, you know, fighters i'm on the other you know i'm getting told this you know i have had, I had always like seen people you know go on to other people's pages and then you know all of a sudden like you're you're looking at afar and you're like thinking oh there's these famous guys getting crap talk to them and then all of a sudden like you're in the person's uh you know position yeah i, listen, I don't I... really think yeah i don't really take it i don't really take it to heart to be to be honest like i don't really I forgot the fighter's name. There's a fighter who's fighting. Oh my gosh, what's this dude's name? I should know it offhand. I was breaking down a fighter who recently, um, he might even be on the Bellator 290 card. I just can't remember. But he had stopped fighting. He, he basically retired in the corner. Not retired, but like stopped fighting. He didn't come out for round three. And man. Oh, have, yeah, yeah, yeah. Max Roscoff. D- dude, like reading, yeah. reading like what he was going through. 
that's just like terrible, man. Like, you know, like if you've never been punched in the face, just keep your mouth shut. Right. Like you, have, you don't have any clue what these guys are going through. Yeah, you get a newfound respect. Like, especially when you do the sport, you're like, man, you just have mad respect for anybody who's just, you know, willing to get in there and toe the line against you, you know? Like, it's just, yeah. It's just, some, it's just something you can't describe. Like, oh, it's just, you know, yeah, just a huge respect thing. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and a lot of the people, yeah, don't understand that. There's a lot of, you know, emotions and, you know, you're fighting yourself just as much as you're fighting the other person. And you're fighting injuries, you know. That's a whole other conversation. But yeah, that's yeah, that's another thing too. Yeah, dude. I mean, I I'm blessed that I could say I was a former athlete, Division One athlete. I was a I was yeah. a gymnast. Uh, matter of fact, I was at Syracuse University in 1997 when they cut the program. So I've been through that shit too. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, it's hard to really you can't you can't describe to someone in a paragraph what it means to be an athlete. I'm not talking about middle school, like basketball team. Like when you're playing a sport for many, many years and making sacrifices, getting injured, coming back, rehabilitating is so difficult. Um, most fighters have an injury of some kind, maybe minor, maybe more major. And all these people tune in on, on the screen, they watch the, the fight on a TV screen or on a, on a computer screen and they're disconnected. They have no clue. <laughs> Right. Like, truly what it's like. And that's one of the things we want to do here at Mixed Martial MMA Fight Club is try to get fighters to give us, like you're telling us, like your side of the situation, because I think fans unknowingly become insensitive and don't have any clue. These are people. You're just a man. Right. You, got bills, you got bills to pay. You got feelings in a family. You know, they, wa they watch you fight next week. And if you fuck up, it's like, that's the worst dude in the world. <laughs> right. Exactly. Uh, yeah, man. Yeah, man. Well, Isaiah. I wish you the best of luck next weekend. Uh, we will be tuning in, of course, and watching you fight at Bellator 290, which is being held in Inglewood, California, not too far from your old stomping ground, right? Yes, sir. About, uh, yeah, th it'll be technically three hours south. Okay. Of Yeah. Still, quite a, I, still uh, quite a drive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the but uh, you know better than traveling to another state, and I, I think it's about as close as it gets for him, so. Yeah, I spoke Other with... Other than uh, maybe like a San Jose, I think. That would be it's ideal, probably, huh? It's probably about the same. I had a chance to speak to Alejandra Lara a few days ago who's fighting on the same card with you guys, and she's mm -hmm. in San Diego. Yeah, so she told me it's going to be a little bit of a drive for her too. Same yeah. thing, though. She's like, I don't have to do any planes and hotels and blah. The, the weight cut gets fucked up and you start traveling. There's that issue too. You see all the bad food in the airport. you know. So it's like you know, the, the, the weight yeah. cut is also gets become a bit of an issue, so... But Isaiah, right. thank you so much for joining us, dude. I um, This interview will appear. It's live right now, but it'll also yeah. be tomorrow morning available on YouTube and also be available via podcast wherever you guys listen to your podcast. So for your friends and family who want to hear your interview, and uh, you know they're welcome to tune in. And uh, we're going to stay on top of you, dude. We're going to keep in touch with you. And uh, I meant awesome. what I said. I hope you guys both win because Peter seems like a really nice dude. <laughs> You yeah. seem like a, a nice guy. I was hoping I would not like one of you. And then just, <laughs> but no, you guys are both cool dudes. And uh, I wish you the best right of luck next weekend, dude. Yeah, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. You're welcome, Isaiah. All right, Isaiah. Peace, dude. I'll be in touch, pal. Yep. Later, my man. Later. Here we go, guys. That was Isaiah Hokit. Um, and man, you know, that was kind of a cool moment. Uh, having Isaiah Hokit in here, following Peter. Ishiguru, who is fighting him next next week. Yeah, flex. 
and a flex right there, guys. That's that's what we do it for, you know. And I, I want to say that when you're getting fighters to come through and you know talk about their experiences, talk about their background, talk about their upcoming fight, giving us they're giving us nuggets. The nuggets, man. They're giving us the nuggets, the details. And so, yeah, I, I do hope both guys can win. That's not possible. Uh, maybe I'm jinxing them. They're going to be able to draw, which neither one guy likes that. But it was great talking to Peter Ishiru, Ishiguru excuse me, and Isaiah Hokit, both fighting next weekend at Bellator 290. Our next guest should be coming through any moment. And once he joins us, we will jump over to that interview. But while I have you, let me give you a little promo spot here. And why not put on some tunes in the background? I will say this. We use StreamYard here. And for some reason, the tunes get a little janky sometimes. I apologize. It kind of, yeah, they just get a little bit janky sometimes. So I apologize if the audio gets disrupted. Here we go. Christmas. My soul. The funniest thing was the funniest thing the sports week or weekend in MMA. And I've got it for you guys. I've got it. I'm gonna have to share a screen to show it to you because this is just great. Have you guys seen the upcoming fight pick for the Jasmine Jasudavicious fight. I think she's fighting coming up in March, right? Maybe March. I should know these details, but I don't. But she's fighting a young lady and they had like a fight pick. <laughs> you know, the side-by-side -side pick of the fighters. I love it. I love it. And this was the picture that made the rounds as the fight pick. <laughs> yes. If you're watching here on YouTube, you are seeing what it is we're seeing. Uh, that is the fight pick that goes on Twitter to show the UFC saying that Jasmine Jasodavicious is fighting that fighter on the on the right who <laughs> I'm just gonna keep laughing. If you don't know what I'm looking at, jump on the socials, look at who Jasmine Jasodavicious is fighting coming up. And the picture of the girl she's fighting with has a pose that probably would be more appropriate for TikTok or Instagram. And I'm gonna, I gotta say, that girl on the right, whatever she's wearing on the bottom part of her body is being eaten, eaten by her derriere. Yes, her derriere is eating whatever that is that she's trying to wear down there. But uh, that is hilarious. And if you can't see what I'm showing you right now, if you're listening on the podcast, Check it out on YouTube. This is the funniest thing from the Sports Week in Mixed Martial Arts. This fighter pick. <laughs> yeah, gotta love it. Gotta love it. I, I should know this this, this African-American girl's name. I don't know her name, um, but I do know that she's extremely welterweights only. We had a chance to talk to Sadabu C, who commentated on one of the fights. He's also the welterweight champion from last fall in the PFL. And uh, he had some thoughts. He had some interesting feedback. He talked about you know his journey, um, and here we are. So I'm going to 
add our next guest to the show. You might recognize him. He fought in the PFL on Friday. You might recognize who it is. Take a wild guess. Um, while he's looking to join here, I'm just waiting for his connectivity to happen. Uh, we'll we'll bring him in. And look who it is. The man, the myth, the legend. Hey, how are you guys? Well, how I'm are you? Great. I'm great, brother. How are you, Thad? I'm all good. Thank you. Listen, first of all, man, with your schedule right now, the new contract and everything, you making this time is it shows a lot of character, dude. You're you're a man of character, and I appreciate that. I kind of got a little bit of a delay there. We'll wait till you come back in and kind of got frozen on me. Um, there we go. There we go. Okay. Uh, I was just saying you're you're a man of character to still come in here and, and, and do an interview with us. You're very busy. You got this big win. So so thank you, Thad. Thank hey, you, no Thad. problem. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. You're welcome. So tell us what like what's going on, dude. Are you like not sleeping now for like 10 days straight? Because you're like got this contract. You, you know, I mean, tell us what, what you're going through, dude. I mean, it definitely you still get the, the the high from the fight and everything and just wanting. I mean, it, it's crazy because, you know, what was it, two days ago? Yeah, you feel like it was like 10 minutes ago, right? <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it, it's like, I don't know. It just feels like it just happened, but it didn't just happen. You know what I mean? And it's crazy because it happened. <laughs> you know? Yes, yes. And I look. I watched the entire, you know, all four fights and everyone was competing for, you know, one spot. And um, that's stressful. You know, everyone, yeah. you know, knows the circumstance. Like a win is important for your record. And blah, blah. But right now it's like, I want to get a contract. I want to get paid. I want to move forward. And so you exactly. had all that going on, dude. So what was the relief like when you heard your name get called? Like you're probably like, Shh. Uh, that was an awesome feeling. It was, uh, it was like a, like, I knew I was going to get called, but like, thank God I got called, you know, <laughs> like there's that level of confidence that you're like, you know what, this is already mine and I'm, I'm supposed to, it's supposed to happen. And then, then there's the, oh, oh my gosh, thank God that actually happened. This is, this is, this is actually mine now. So it was, it was a, it was a, it was an awesome moment that I was, and I'm blessed, you know, it's a blessed moment because. Because, you know, it's something that we all are working hard for. And, you know, no, I'm not going to take away from anybody else's work, hard work that they're doing. Because I don't know what they're doing behind closed doors. And they don't know what I'm doing behind closed doors. But for me to get picked out of all of all four, or I should say all eight fighters was a blessing. Yeah. And St. Louis gave you a run for your money, dude. Yeah. St. Louis. We, we trained together. So I'm not going to. I wouldn't have been upset or anything. But... Oh, he's a training partner in your gym? Yeah, we trained together. So here's funny story. St. Louis he was supposed is, to corner you. Go ahead, tell me. He about was it. supposed <laughs> to corner me. Yes, uh, St. Louis is actually there just to help me get ready for my fight, to help me cut weight, to help me uh, train for my fight while the other coaches were getting ready to come because um, Jay Z uh, just got a, had a newborn baby girl, so he was kind of dealing with a little bit of stuff with that, getting her birth certificate and things like that. And Daniel, who was also by the corner, was in UFC Brazil cornering. Gregory Rodriguez, RoboCop, and uh, helping out uh, Gilbert Burns as well, get ready for New Magni. So they're he was everywhere. just getting, yeah, they were, every, you know, they were just getting back and everything as well. So Kinley was with me because Kinley is my closest uh, training partner. So we're always training together. We're always going crazy with each other in the gym. So him coming in, helping me out, and last minute getting a, a fight a opportunity like that, and getting and a finish, getting, a, uh, getting the finish. 
was, Dude. you know, it was crazy. It was crazy. That was, you know, before the fights unfolded, I had a chance to talk to Sadabusi. We had a conversation, interview in the car on his way down from, or on the way up from Miami to Orlando. And we talked about you and we talked about oh, nice. your, your potential. And he had told me that he had heard about you. He told me he was going to be commentating on your fight, which he did. And uh, we talked and I said, listen, I think this is the guy because of, you know, the potential, you know, athleticism. And it's a business, dude. It's entertainment, right? Like, you know, yeah. they got to put the best guys on the roster. And so though I felt terrible for Kinley, who, who got a submission, he only finished the night. You're... You know, you're kind of the, the hotter prospect, and I think obviously PFL recognizes that, and and that's why they chose you. Um, and 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 I'll and I'll and I'll have to I'll have to you know back you up on that as well because, you know, it is it is a business part, and um, no offense to Kinley or anything like that, but um, just I can be a little bit more marketable at some points. You know what I mean? And uh, that does help a lot when it comes to that business aspect. Yeah, and I and I look. I, I'm not gonna get into a whole bunch of like conspiracy theories, but you could sort of sense the buildup. You know, the interviews with you, uh, some of the videos that were coming out. You're very athletic, undefeated. You know, there's so on and so on, and it's it's entertainment. If you want to see yeah. like high school sports, go watch a high school sports basketball game. This is entertainment. It's a business, and so from that standpoint, I thought that it made sense. It was a good decision to take you in for Kinley. Do you know? Does he have like a little bit of a wink, wink, handshake deal now with the PFL? They're gonna bring him back at some point because that so was here's a big win. And here's here's another crazy part. Kinley's actually a lightweight, uh, a one fifty fiver. Oh so my goodness, he's dude! He's actually he's actually um going to be fighting again with them in three weeks. Haha! <laughs> he earned that spot. Good for yeah. him, dude. He was already <laughs> supposed to be there. He was actually like a stand-in. Oh now, wow! I, but I, nice. I, he, I hope now it's like, okay, it's for sure. Bang, bang. We want you in there. I mean, I want to be honest with you. I'm going to take a shot at your boy, Kenley. I broke down his film prior fights, and I'm like, this dude gasses out, but he doesn't die. Like, you can't kill him. Like, he's never going to go away. He just gasses out. And when that fight went to round two, I'm like, he's he's fucked. He's screwed. Late call, last minute, and and he ends up doing... Yo, dude, I'm so happy for him. Yeah, he did, he did, he did a great job. And actually, Kenley... I don't know. Kinley does have a really good gas tank, I think. I think Kinley does have a gas tank. Okay. Uh, he usually he usually uh, p builds it up as the rounds go, if, mm. if, if anything. If you watch his last fight in TFFC, he actually, you know, he tends to pick it up as the rounds go. Um, he does get knocked down and uh, knocked down in the uh, CFFC fight, but you could see him pick it up as he gets into the second and third and then mm. the fourth round. You know what I mean? Yeah, I should have talked to you before his fight. I should have bet on him. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I didn't bet against him. I just that no, fight was, right. that fight was rough because it's like la those first two fights. You got two last minute people coming in. And it, mm -hmm. You know, it, it gets a little sketchy. Meanwhile, both the people that came in as replacements, they both won. Both won the fight, dude. Exactly, dude. dude that, I they mean, both won the fight. Yeah, I, I thought the Whitner guy. Um, I mean, I hope he doesn't hear this. I thought he was going to do very well, and he shit the bed. And and really didn't translate whatever he did over in Slovakia, whatever wrestling he was doing over there. It just didn't translate. He could never wrestle with his opponent. He he got yeah. stuck on his feet, and it just it happens. It, it happened, and you know, and I, and that's one of the things. No no offense to people overseas or anything like that, but that's like every time I see someone's record and they have like a crazy record and it's been overseas, I'm like, you know what? Let me like, we'll see. Let's <laughs> let let me see how you do over here in uh, America. Let's see how how that that record is. Um, upheld you know what i mean yeah, i want to see how that looks over here 
especially somewhere like Brazil or something. That's you know, yeah. they're throwing people fights over there. It's one o'clock in the morning or one ten yeah. here Eastern time. I'm with Thad Jean, who just won the PFL contract on Friday night at the PFL Challenger Series week number one. It's one o'clock in the morning. What are you doing up right now? Um, I'm you know right now I'm petting my dog. <laughs> what kind of dog you got, dude? Uh, Pitbull. Oh, can I see him? Can we, we can yeah. put him on the camera? Say hello. Say hello. This is Missy. How are you, Oh, okay. So since you got your dog there, I guess I can. <laughs> Stop it. There you go. What, what's her name? Missy? Missy. Oh, Missy. Missy, meet Ace. 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 He's a black German. He's a black German shepherd who was just sleeping. She looks like she was up though. Oh, she's sweet. Nah, as soon as I if I'm up, she's up. She's crazy. I had a, I had a pit when I was in college, man. It was a great dog, and I I don't know. You probably had dogs or animals growing up too, right? I had I had I had one dog growing up. Yeah, it's you know animals are the best, man. They're therapeutic. They never judge you. They're not, never. They're not gonna tell you you did a bad job. They're always gonna <laughs> love you no matter what. They're always gonna love you. Well, Thad, listen, I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate your time, dude. I'm hey, I appreciate you for having me on the show. Awesome. You're welcome. You're welcome. I want to be in touch with you. I've had a chance to speak to a handful of PFL people. I'm a fan of the PFL, and, and you're a young guy on the rise. I think the future is bright. Hopefully, you make a run at that million dollars because that would change your life. Hey, um, that's going to change my life because I'm going to make a run for it. I promise you. You got the tools, Thad. You got the tools, buddy. So I'm we'll only I love it. Well, we're going to keep in touch with you. We're going to keep following you. We'll invite you back. And if you're kind enough to come back, we'll love to have you on the show again. I'm on here. Just let me know. And I'm on. My man. All right, Dad. It's 1 a.m. I'm here. Thank you. Have a great night, man. You too, brother. You take care. Bye. All right. So that was the one and only Thad Gene. And, of course, Thad Gene won the contract on Friday night at the PFL Challenger Series week number one. And wow, what a life changing experience, right? You know, you go from training and you go from fight. just trying to get a fight. You know, your contract reminds me of Alexei Perkins. I had a chance to talk to Alexei Perkins last year. He's one of the first fighters we interviewed. He won the contract. He really was a wonderful contact for us yeah shout out to alexei pergan he is in the pfl i don't think he's fighting this season but we're we'll fighting on some of the cards because they have like different situations there some guys are in the season mode some guys are still you know just sort of competing but alexei pergan who's now down at kill cliff mma shout out to the boys at kill cliff mma alexei pergan but yeah that gene now i can talk about something that i've got to talk about the business, the business. Don't take it personal. It's just business. Have you ever heard that? It's just business. It's not personal. I have, <laughs> I have a hard time understanding how the PFL could have done Kenley St. Louis the way they did. It, it was rough. He gets the only finish of the night. <laughs> The celebrity panel says we we like that. The fan vote comes in for for St. Louis. I'm gonna talk about that in a second. And then the CEO of PFL makes the deciding factor and chooses Thad, which was a smart move because Thad is more marketable. I do agree with him. I think the upside's bigger, potential's bigger. 
I think he fought a better fighter. I think Eric Alaquin is. I mean, Eric Alaquin, if he didn't have to fight that gene, he probably wins the fight. Whoever else he fought on Friday, he's a good fighter. And people thought that gene was going to finish him. And I, I talked about this in a breakdown. Eric Alaquin is a good fighter. He's a good fighter. That's why he went all three rounds with that gene. But when you look back at it, you're like, okay, we get it. Thad Gene is the undefeated prospect. He fought the better fighter. He looks good. But here's my soapbox moment for the week. When they call out Thad Gene and when they call out Kenley St. Louis and the celebrity panel, all of them, so that's, you know, Wiz Khalifa and uh, Tyron Woodley and, um, you know, Ray Lewis, they all vote for Thad Gene. And at that moment, I'm like, come on. I like me some Thad Gene and all, but <laughs> St. Louis got the only finish of the night. How is he not getting even one celebrity just to be like, I never saw a fight before, but that guy got the finish. I'm going to give him a vote. Nope, no votes. They had the fan vote on the screen for those who are watching in the PFL, uh, watching the PFL on Friday, and they were showing the fan votes, and it was strongly in favor of Thad. They remove those fan vote numbers, right? They give the vote from the celebrities. It goes towards that. Now they're like, all right, the vote for the fan vote we have. And they go like this, like four or five minute dramatic pause, you know, waiting for the results, like American Idol type of thing. And they're like, the fans have voted for St. Louis, Kenley. And I'm like, no offense. I'm like, bullshit. The numbers were just in favor of that. The fans didn't vote for, for Kenley. They don't even know who Kenley is. They know who that is. And I'm like, the, the, not the fix. This is not the fix. Not a fix. It's the shaping of the event. You see, the PFL had every intention of giving Thad Gene a very good look on Friday because they knew who he was. He was the guy. We talked about it ahead of time. He just talked about it with us. You know, he was the guy. He just needed to perform enough to get the contract. And he did. He did. But that was all in the works before they ever stepped into the cage. Before a single person stepped in the cage on Friday night, the PFL had their eye on him. Okay? Makes sense. The PFL did not have their eye on a guy who was his corner man, who was now a late last-minute replacement in St. Louis, who won his fight and finished it. Let me finish up this point. The CEO of the PFL comes into the cage, does the interview, and says, you know, it's not an easy decision. It's tough. We're going to go with that, Gene. <laughs> can we change the 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 shoes for a second what if that gene got a finish and kenley didn't get a finish would it be a tough decision then no it wasn't a tough decision you guys knew that gene who provides a lot more upside undefeated younger prospect what's the lesson here guys narratives matter it's not a fixed fight. There's an agenda. It's like crying about Conor McGregor getting a bunch of money when he fights. Like, oh, he gets so much money. He runs the marketing train. He's got viewers. He's got followers. Like, it's like hating on Jake Paul. What are you hating on? Guy's got an audience. So the PFL pulled the move on Friday. They pulled the business move. They gave the contract at that, even though St. Louis got the only finish of the night. And hey, what would you do? But St. Louis is fighting in a few weeks, and he's a training partner of Thad Gene, and Thad Gene gave us some nuggets there, which we appreciate. So maybe we'll get St. Louis in here for interview at some point soon. But how crazy. Kenley goes on Friday, or on Thursday, the day before, planning to corner 
his teammate, right? Next thing you know, him and his teammate are fighting for the contract, and they're the two finalists. So unbelievable uh, situation there. Very, very good. All right, a good time for me to hit on a few more points I want to talk about. Excuse me, one second. Excuse me, why? Excuse me, why? Okay. So the PFL is PFLing. <laughs> you guys remember last year when the PFL had a pre-taped event? Oh, man, I did a whole breakdown on that one. PFL needs to be careful. I feel like uh on in their in their aspirations to be innovative uh they can they took the line of corniness sometimes and that whole thing with the fan vote you know it's got to be a little got to be careful i like the creativity they're very good at that um but you yeah, need to be careful need to be careful so looking ahead to march we talked about ufc 285 jones versus gone ufc fight night Jan versus Tabashvili, UFC 26, Edwards versus Usman, all coming up in March. We have the full month of February, though, still ahead. And we've got you, um, Bellator, sorry, Bellator 290 next week, or this weekend, excuse me, being held in Englewood, California. If you want Bellator news and the fighters, subscribe to this channel. Look at the videos. We had a nice full interview with Alejandro Lara, who's fighting at Bellator 290. For those who joined us tonight on this live show, we obviously spoke to Peter Ishiguru and Isaiah Hokit, who are also fighting each other at Bellator 290. So if you want breakdowns where we have in-depth knowledge, where we actually talk to the fighters and find out how they're doing, you can depend upon us here at MA Fight Club to give you reliable information. We're not always right. When we're not right, we blame the judges and the bad, bad judging and bad refereeing. That's always why we're wrong. Just joking. But at least what we're doing here for, for you, the listeners, providing you with reliable content. And I'm not taking any shots at anyone else who does this. That's not what I'm doing. I'm not. No. I'm just saying, in our effort to provide you with quality content, uh, this is a way we could do it. Give you guys access directly to the athletes. Let them talk and let them give you their side. LFA 151 was on Saturday night in Brazil. Uh, for those who didn't catch it because they were probably like, oh, there's no UFC this weekend. There's no MMA. I get it. You've got to be a pretty hardcore fan to be watching LFA on a Saturday night. I was watching. <laughs> and I was watching in large part because a young lady was fighting on the card that I, you know, we had talked a little bit, had exchanged a few messages. But Julia Palastri, uh, she won the title. There was one belt in the line. She won. If you don't remember her, she was on Contender Series last year, super young, like 24 years old. Um, and I had a chance to communicate with her. She speaks English, by the way, which is which is also very impressive. Most of the younger Brazilians don't speak English so well. She does. And she won the belt. It was huge. She had a very expressive moment after the fight, you know, hugging her corner and, um, you know, spoke very eloquently after the fight both in English and Portuguese, and talked about, hey, Dana, <laughs> I'm ready to give me a call. I would not be surprised to see Julia Psycho Palastri, she goes by Psycho, making her way somehow into the UFC at some point. She's got the grit, the Brazilian loins, and did a great job. I mean, she won in round one. It was, it was a dominant performance. It was dominant. You're talking women's MMA, small ladies, 
she went out there and handled her business. And we wish the best. We wish the excuse me the best for Julia Palastri. Hopefully, we can get her on. I was hoping to get her on this evening, but we're talking about if it's one thirty my time here, Eastern Standard Time, New York City time. That means it's three thirty where she's at in Brazil. So we do have to give her a pass on not being able to show up tonight. We do have one more guest that will be joining us in about a half an hour. One of my favorite guests we've ever had here. It'll be her second time coming back. Not to this show, but second time coming back and talking to us. She's lovely, beautiful, and she will talk to us about her plans for the rest of 2023. And she's also a PFL fighter. So we'll have her coming through. For those of you who are just joining us right now, it's about 1.23 in the morning here. East Coast time. I'm going to take about a two to three minute intermission. Now's the time to go outside and grab a smoke break. Now's the time to grab a glass of wine or maybe a late night snack that you probably shouldn't be eating. And we're going to keep things rolling for another 40 minutes here. We're going to have some more discussions about the week that was in mixed martial arts, the week ahead. And before I take this quick break here, let me tell you guys, check out the interviews. The interviews are awesome. I uh, I enjoy talking to the fighters. We've got a few interviews up there. We'll have the interview with Sadabusi, PFL winner last year. That'll be airing some point this week, midweek. I interviewed Jennifer Maya today, and we did it entirely in Portuguese. You want to see something funny? Watch that interview, because I don't speak Portuguese. <laughs> There's a clip of that interview on our Twitter page. I don't think it's on Instagram yet. It's also on our YouTube channel. There's a clip there of me speaking to the one and only former Invicta champion, UFC long-timer, Jennifer Maya, and she was kind enough to actually agree to the terms. We did an interview fully in Portuguese. I probably sound completely ridiculous, but hey, if you're thirsty, right, and we're thirsty, beating the bush trying to get these interviews, you got to do whatever's necessary, but uh, that was uh, hilarious. Okay, I'm going to put some tunes on. I'm going to back out for a second. The two people that are here with me, all two of you, thank you. Keep it tuned in. We'll keep the good vibes going. Our version of some late night mixed martial arts here at 125 in the morning, January 30th, Eastern Time. For MPTV in Choi Bay, thank you so much for being here. Dark Matter from New Zealand. If you're still in here, great. If you're not, I understand. For those that are in here, stay here. Stay tuned. I'm going to throw on a few little background tunes for you guys to enjoy for a second. And then uh, I'll be back. And uh, can't take me longer than three minutes to go ahead and look the palette.
All right, I'm back. That was pretty quick. This cup here, let me, those who are looking here on YouTube, this is not just a silo cup. Look at this bad boy here. It's got a very like, look at that, a nice little top there. You can close it, open it. And then, what am I? My wife's best friend from Nashville, Tennessee, came to visit us recently. And it says right there what Nashville, Tennessee on it, right? Nashville, Tennessee. And it's not a normal cup, dude. It's like insulated. It's, it's, uh, I can't describe it anyway. It's insulated. So it's, it's got a whole layer in there. I can't show you because there's, there's liquid in here, but there's a whole layer. And so, in essence, it's like a cold cup. You could put, you know, obviously whatever you want. I kind of feel like it's meant for <laughs> an alcoholic beverage because it's the way it looks. And it's got a little, like, a little thing there. You close it and open it. Um, but my daughter loves using this thing. It's kind of cool. But it's a solo cup, basically, but insulated, if that makes any sense. All right. So we had a handful of some nice guests coming through, right? It was a real pleasure speaking to Isaiah Hokett, who fights next weekend at Bellator 290, along with Peter Ishiguro. Of course, that gene came through. I mean, that guy's got to be on top of the world a contract, young, whole future's ahead of him. So for those joining us at this point in the video or coming through live, yeah, check out those those discussions we had earlier in the breakdown or earlier in this video, I'm sorry, to hear some feedback from those guys and hear their thoughts. All right, what else I want to talk about here before we have our, our sprint to the end of the show? Let me look here, else what I have on tap. So UFC Vegas 68, Spivak versus Lewis coming up next weekend. Next weekend is going to be Bellator Saturday, UFC Saturday, uh, Friday night, PFL Challenger Series number two. So we're back to like the full, you know, full Monty. A lot of stuff coming up. And um, for PFL Week 2 Challenger Series, our breakdown is already out for that. The full breakdown video is out along with the notes on our newsletter. It's going to be women only. It's the featherweights, I believe. Yeah, featherweights competing for a contract. One thing I want to correct is I mentioned the other day that the PFL would be giving out two contracts on Friday night for the welterweight division. They gave out one, and I guess it's based upon the need, right? Because last year they gave out two contracts in those scenarios, right? This time it was one. So when I say need, it's based upon do they have the roster need, right? In this case, if you know anything about the PFL, and I'm going to tell you right now, they have signed a boatload of fighters. They have signed so many fighters. And that clearly affects the ability in the Challenger Series to have open spots. So I've looked at their recent fighter signings. They have a lot of people signed. And because of that, there's limited spots available, which which makes sense. But this week will be PFL Challenger Series week number two for the ladies. I do believe, just kind of taking a glance off the top of my head, I do want to point out that I believe it's the uh, Amanda, right? Amanda Levy. I think, like, she's the Thad Gene of the PFL Challenger Series Week 2 card. I feel like she's the Thad Gene. She's the one that it's either her or Sobic. Yeah, her or Sobic. Sobic's coming in 4-0 from Poland. Nice ground game. You know, good top game. Actually, looking at the card right now, Michelle Montague is the training partner of Kayla Harrison. Uh, so there's some personalities there. Uh, Jeslyn Michelle is undefeated at 2-0. 
Matter of fact, one, two, three, four, five, six, six. Wow, seven. Seven of the fighters on the card next weekend for PFL are undefeated. So someone's O has got to go. I think that Amanda has a hell of a shot, though, to get the contract. She just got like the, those things you look for. Like, let's talk about it. Here we go. Big fan base. Why? She was an internet sensation a few years ago, went viral for submitting guys like on the mat. She has that going for her. She's undefeated. Okay, whatever. What to know? And she's got what I would call like the Kayla Harrison effect. So, like, she's got some credentials. She's undefeated as an amateur, has, you know, some grappling skills. I mean, Kayla Harrison rose to the top of the PFL overnight more popular than any of the guys in the roster, right? Like she went skyrocketing. And what was she? She was a grappler, not really a striker, but they saw the cash cow. They milked it. I think Amanda Levy for the PFL is like, they're looking at her like that. Like, can we market her this way? Can we make her into a star? You know, leagues are about stars, right? Leagues are about, can I create as many stars as possible? Because stars drive fans. They drive the revenue. They drive the viewership. And so, yeah, I think Amanda Levy or Levi, however you want to pronounce that lady from Pennsylvania, I think she's the one who's going to get the contract on Friday. That's my bold prediction. As for the rest of the card, I think Amanda Levy wins by submission. I think Jeslyn Michelle wins by decision. I think Carolina Sobic wins by submission. And I think Michelle Montague also wins by submission. So if it goes the way that I think, you're going to have three fighters with submission finishes and one with a decision. Probably doesn't work that way, but that's my general thought process. And then at that point, it's going to come down to who do they really want? And though I like Carolina Sobic, here's another factor, right? She's from Poland. Don't think for a damn second that a fighter who's out of the country and far away and requires visas and traveling doesn't impact the PFL's decision on who they're going to take. Don't, don't, don't underestimate it. Okay. Michelle Montague, who is the trading partner of Kayla Harrison, has a big, a big step forward here over some of the girls because she's, you know, she's kind of in already. She's got someone she's training with. They know her. If they need her last minute for a replacement fight, she could do it. Sobic, being halfway around the world, not so much. Right, so we'll see what happens here, but I do like Amanda Levy, and they gave her. So here's another reason why I like her. They gave her an absolute like ugh, freebie here. She's fighting a, a lady named Naren Hargal Sendayush, and Sendayush is two and zero, has fought completely nobody, and she's from like Mongolia or something. And again, does the PFL want her? Or do they want Amanda Levy? Yeah, I know it shouldn't it shouldn't come down to that, but it does. It does come down to who they want, you know. So that's PFL Challenger Series week number two coming up next weekend. If you don't mind, I've got to pay the bills here. So today's episode is brought to you by FightTube. Are you tired of scouring the web for fighter film? You don't want to pay the extra subscription fees to watch old fights? Well, FightTube is on the job. FightTube is creating a comprehensive and easy-to-use film library that can be accessed from a traditional computer or mobile device. FightTube's beta version is set to launch this spring. FightTube.org, the MA video library. Thank you, FightTube, for sponsoring this episode. In our last few episodes, we appreciate your support. All right, so we've had a hell of a time talking to you tonight. We've got about 15 minutes for our next guest. And let me see what else I have on tap that I wanted to discuss (laughs) 
I mentioned the whole thing with Emma Lawton earlier. I, I'm going to double down on this and, and say that, you know, if you're on Twitter and you're, you're taking shots at people, don't, don't be that guy. Don't, you know, don't, don't be the person. Uh, yes, yes, of course. My last guest was just telling me they want to move things up a little bit. Oh, 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 my bad. Oh, yes, yes, no problem. My bad. I misunderstood. So, we're going to end up having a little bit of a later episode than I thought because my last guest got caught up uh, on the road. It's raining. They're in Las Vegas right now. So, we'll wait for her. That is the beautiful, lovely, one and only Olena Kalisnik. So Elena Kolesnik fought last year in the PFL from Kiev, Ukraine. So obviously was very inspired by the matters going on back home and used that to energize herself and go on a bit of a run. She ended up losing in the playoffs. Um, yeah, she made it to the playoffs and I think she faced, I forgot who she faced, so I should look this up right now. Um, she ended up coming up short. And I'll tell you what, I was rooting for her because Elena is... We interviewed Elena Kalisnik, gosh, I mean, last year at some point, and she's got an interesting story to tell. She lost to Larissa Pacheco in the playoffs last year. We ended up going on to win the whole thing. Prior to that, she had just beaten Vanessa Mello, former UFC fighter. She also beat Abby Montes by split decision. So she was on a two-fight winning streak. Her last two losses were to Lillian Pacheco. But then again, <laughs> Keila Harris is like, hold my beer. I just lost my title and everything. And Lillian Blatt's hold my So it happens. It happens. I hope that she's returning this year. Elena, we'll talk to her about it. We'll, um, um, yeah. Let me just tell her, take your time. Um, yeah, Elena's awesome. We, we did a, I mean, I probably spoke with her longer, did a long interview with her than I've done with anybody. And we were talking for like a, an hour. It was very long. But we got into talking about her background and where she's from and her training, her love life. And, uh, what you end up getting from that interview is who she is. She's sweet. She's nice. Reminds me a lot of my wife. My wife is the sweetest, nicest, kindest gentlest uh, person ever. Uh, makes me upset when anyone gets upset or you know, shade at my wife because she's just so nice and so sweet. And you speak to Elena Kalisnik, she gives you those same vibes. You know, super positive, very nice, you know, glass, um, half full type of thing. Um, I am now looking at Twitter. <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, Twitter's a bad place. You know what I mean? Twitter's a bad place. <laughs> Let's put it that way. If you want, if you want someone to hold you and color you at nighttime, don't, <laughs> don't look at Twitter. And that's my point. I, uh, 
I'm going to leave this MMA live conversation here. We're not going to talk about this again in the future. But one of the reasons why I didn't jump on the Twitter sphere and give my two cents is like, you know, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's okay. Um, oh, no. talked about this with Isaiah Hogan a few moments ago about an hour ago and these keyboard warriors I I have to just steer clear because I, I find it to be yeah I find it to just be negativo Jordan Shepard making the appearance here Jordan Jordan where are you located dude where, what part of the the country are you in because it's it's late here in the east coast it's one forty in the morning and uh I'm gonna tell you Jordan who I like Jordan Shepard writes in here, I like Bader a lot this weekend. That's Bella for, Bella for 290. Jordan Shepard from Ohio writes in, I like Bader a lot this weekend. So here are my thoughts on this. If you want the full breakdown and like the more detailed breakdown of my specific thoughts on the fight and notes, whatever else, that'll be coming out in the next 24, 48 hours. Look out for that newsletter channel. Here's the thing. Go back and look at when Bader fought Fader, Bader versus Bader. Look at their first fight and tell me that the punch that drops Fader doesn't look like a punch that maybe me and you could handle, right? It was a very light punch. And I got to thinking, a man's getting old. He's been around a long Fader's been around a long time. He's not around two and a half, round three guy. That's not what he's done. He's not doing. In there to get the finish in round one or else. But when Bader was not known for his knockout power, just a little, a little like he threw the punch with like the idea, like, I'm gonna I'll land something, but I'm not going to not hurt him with it. He drops Bader with that shot, which leads to the finish. And it's almost like I forgot that happened. And then now I look back and I'm like, damn, that was the last time they fought. That's how he lost. That one knockout to Vader. So huge red flags there. The flags have on the signs of each flag saying, uh, you know, Father Time. Father Time. Undefeated. If you're talking about Vader Emilienko in his prime, yeah, he, he definitely beats Ryan Vader. I mean, God bless Ryan Vader. He's not a bad guy. But Vader wins this fight because he's younger. <laughs> it's just it. He's younger. He knocked this guy out last time. Wonderful, wonderful. MMA Holes, are you guys here? What? I love these guys. By the way, I tune into your show often. You guys are awesome. Wonderful, wonderful. And you'd be very proud of me, MMA Holes. We had a hell of a show tonight. If you weren't here earlier, which you were, we had Dad Gene on the show who won PFL contract on Friday night. We had Peter Ishiguru, who fights at Bellator 290. At the same time, we also had Isaiah Hokan, who's fighting him at Bellator 290. They were all here earlier in the, in the interview, talking, shooting the shit. So it's been a great night. Very valuable content. If you're betting on Bellator 290, yeah. We did a full interview with Alejandra Lara. That's available as well. She fights next week. So MA Holes, I am like. So Jordan Shepard writes in, Fedor is three years older than Glover. 
I'm not a mathematician, but I think that's pretty old. Now here comes the the entourage of well, he's a heavyweight, you know, heavyweight can fight until they're 50. Now, when when he got knocked out by Ryan Bader with a punch that my daughter could take, I was like, whoa. Wait a second, come on here. So yeah, not wonderful. Not wonderful one. By the way, if you guys don't know about the MMA holes, I'm gonna give them a little plug right here. MMA holes. <laughs> it's a great, great show. If you like off the wall, like you know, a different side of the community, they have their own Discord, they have their own like crew, man. They're probably getting tattoos over there, MMA holes, like tattoos, buddy tattoos. They just have their own vibe. I love that. They have the symbio the symbiosis or symbiosis between the husband and wife combination. Love their style. I like what they're doing. Love it. Go check out the MMA holes, which obviously stands for like MMA assholes. We get it. But no, they do a lot of good things there. They have a great show. I um one day I'll be like you guys. But thank you. And if you don't know what wonderful wonderful means, they have <laughs> you gotta check out the channel. Just just check. Dark Matter writes in from New Zealand, WW. He must know about the MA holes too. They got a they got a following, man. Is that Aunt Anne the knitter? Are you are you Aunt Anne from MA Holes? The one who like comes through? Wow. I'm like in awe. I'm I'm completely in awe. I appreciate you guys. It's 1.45 in the morning here, Eastern Time. Guys are coming through and making my night. I appreciate it. Holes in the house. Yes, MA holes in the house. And by the way. I would categorize the MMA Holes community as a similar entourage to like a gang. Don't fuck with them. You fuck with them, they're going to break you in half. Just don't do it. Don't go against the grain. These guys roll deep. They roll into different chat rooms together. So just do not go against the MMA Holes because they will break your ass. All right? You learned it. You learned it today. We got some action in the chat, which I appreciate. I'll do the best I can to highlight those chats and talk to you guys. Um, for those that are joining us right now, we had Thad Jean on earlier. We had a few fighters from Bellator training on earlier. So rewind check out the initial part of this. We've been live from 12 o'clock a.m. And we'll finish up here at around 2.15, 2, 2.15-ish in the morning. I have one more fighter coming through. I want to talk to her and wait for her. Dark Matter says, I may holes in the house. Holes in the house. Person, turquoise, weaving, hello, waving, hello, aunt and the knitter. Yes, aunt and the knitter. Thank you for being here. Aunt Anne writes in the knitter in the house with the MMA holes, face, which you see wide, eyes, hand, purple, blue, peace, elbow cough, eyes. More MMA holes stuff. It's become an MMA holes advertisement here, which I have to also make sure I plug some of my partners here. So Dark Matters writes in the MMA holes. I like the show a lot, by the way. So I would, you know, they're plugging the hell out of it. <laughs> wow. So on writes in, that's right, bro. MMA holes are the best. We are different. Chris and Jess, you're awesome. They are. I think their vibe is it's just special. It's authentic. God bless them and their young family. God bless them. Dark Matters writes in, and you are wonderful, wonderful. Yes. She is. She's Why am I barely realizing it's meant to be a hole? LOL. Hype MMA. Yes. <laughs> it's like when you. Oh, whatever. I'll tell a funny story. I used to watch the, or I would see the sign, pedestrians crossing, and it usually says PED, right? And it'll be like Xing. 
and it's got pedestrians crossing. A good part of my life, I grew up thinking that that was a sign that was meant for people that speak Chinese. <laughs> I, I just thought the pedic thing was like, uh, uh, it sounded Chinese in my mind. I didn't look close at the sign. I'm like, that must be a sign for people that speak. I grew up in New York. A lot of different signs, different languages. Dumbest thing I ever seen in my life. So yes, MMA holes. <laughs> but they're good a-holes. You know what I mean? Oregon in the house. Okay, so it's not that late over there for you. I mean, it's about to be 2 o'clock my time. So if you're in Oregon, that's 11 o'clock. Not too late. This is every Sunday night, guys. So for those that are coming through this evening, the MMA Holes audience, crowd, we welcome you guys. You're awesome. And this is every Sunday night. Fighter interviews, a recap of the week that was, a look ahead, and a few of the tidbits. And those joining us tonight, again, every Sunday night, you can count on us for having live interviews, live fighters that are fighting in recent events, giving you guys nuggets, nuggets, tidbits, right? Manja, manja. It is you, Aunt Anne the Knitter. It is you. So peanut butter and jelly right now. MA Holes has MA Holes rolls so deep, they send people around the internet waves like these guys coming through here. Yes, Dark Matter. Anne is an OG MMA hole. I believe I saw her right on the channel, what, two days ago? They had like a bunch of different feeds coming in. And I think she was up there hanging out, doing her thing. Loyal. Loyal to the bone. If you wanna if you wanna marry a loyal woman, Anne. Look look up Anne. Anne might be taking them. Jordan Shepard writes in any early thoughts on the other Bellator fights. I also sprinkled on Maori in addition to Vader. Uh Jordan. I can. I would love to give you uh, some thoughts on that. I just don't want to drag this whole conversation to only that right now because I feel like conversations are just kind of everywhere. Um, what I will do, though, for you, Jordan, is that full breakdown is going to be out within the next 48 hours. A written breakdown, a newsletter, also the video version of it as well. Um, yeah, I have some strong leans. As for Maori, because you mentioned Maori, let me talk about that. The guy he's fighting, Aliyev or whatever, the Russian dude, tons of red flags, dude. Hasn't fought since like 2019. He went five and zero in Bellator, like or like, yeah, he went five and zero in Bellator in one year. It was a like 2019. He went off, man. Something stinks there. You know what I mean? Wants to smell like, I don't, yeah. I, I'm not putting any money behind Aliyev. The flip side isn't Maori coming off like a two three year layoff. Well, no, two year layoff for Smith himself. So. Both guys have backed on a ton of fights. That's also a bit, yeah. I, I, listen, I don't want to bore the audience here. You're not here to hear the Bellator breakdown, but I can just say this, Jordan. Your bet on Maori is probably the right side. It's probably the right bet. You're probably better off instead, though. Why doesn't you bet on it? You like it. the best bet in that fight is something relating to distance, right? So the fight, you know, not going over a round and a half type of thing. Um, I just have no idea what to expect from that Russian fighter. It's, it's just, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a big gamble. And are we always gambling? That's the second of two heavyweight fights on that card. And uh, yeah, I'm going to go with Mari. You're welcome, Annie. You're very welcome. And you're always welcome here. Anywhere from the MA Holes community, they're welcome here. Now, MA Guru, careful now. That's another community you just don't want to. They have like their own tribe over there. There's like the MA Guru tribe. There's like the James Lynch tribe. There's the. Um, I hope whatever tribe that we create here. Is the most peaceful, pot smoking, chill, 
Oregon type of crowd because that's what we do here. It's good vibes, good drinks, and lots of peace, right? You're welcome, Annie. You're welcome. You're a legend. People love you. People love you. Yeah, best in the community out there, MA Holes. I do really love it. Um, I'm going to learn over over time on how to build something like, not, actually not like that. It's different here. Everyone has their own little corner part of the earth, right? And uh, but I'm learning from them, and I and I think it's important. You gotta, you know, game recognizes game, right? They've got a good game. I like the grind. I like the grind. Bro. Oh, so Dark Matter came here from MMA Holes Discord. Oh my gosh, that's how you got here, dude. Yeah, I went in there earlier today, and I'm not very active in the Discord. I'll, I'll admit to you, it's just the amount of scheduling and time and everything else. Happen. I did post a link in there, and so thank you, Dark Matter. As a matter of fact, Dark Matter, can you do me the favor of going back to that Discord and reverberate, reverber, reverberating <laughs> love back to MMA Holes? Because I'm not trying to piggyback on their platform. I was just putting it out there for people that were up late want to join us um, that's their platform all hail my host aunt annie writes in i'm going to be 57 years old in february february 19th wow can't believe i'm so old face green you're 57 years young and you're only as old as you feel right aren't we people say it all the time but it's true aren't you only as old and when you wake up in the morning with a sore back, you're like, I'm as old as I fucking feel. You know, you you have that mental power to override your system and say, I'm, I'm going to be young. Today. I'm going to put on that nice summer dress or I'm going to go have a cosmopolitan with my girlfriend. I tell my wife all the time, you know, like, beautiful. I don't even, she's like, I'm getting wrinkles. Love you with them without the wrinkles. You know what I mean? Like, so aging is like a, a mind-altering trick you gotta play with yourself i'm 45 for example i don't feel 45 no i'm 35 i wish i was 35 when you're 35 you're like oh i'm getting sold when you're 45 you're like now i'm <laughs> dark matter writes in here don't be an a-hole be an MMA hole yes there is their phrase don't be an asshole be an MMA asshole it's a great name by the way Great name. Those guys are smart. They're very creative. You're not old. Stop it on. You're not old. Yep. Never too late. Yes, and I'm a bit of a night out on Annie. So for those that want their mixed martial arts content spoon fed at midnight on Sunday nights, right here. Right here. And what you can get every Sunday night is going to be relevant, relevant interviews with relevant fighters who are fighting more recently. We had tonight. I do want to mention that we had a chance to speak to some amazing fighters the last few days and the interview today with Jennifer Maya. You guys want to see something funny? Brace yourself for that interview. It's me, like 15-minute interview with Jennifer Maya, trying my best to speak Portuguese, and I have no damn clue how to speak Portuguese, so you can imagine what that looked like. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to tell you how I did it, but when you see the interview, you'll kind of figure it out. Um, but yeah, 15 minutes of trying to speak Portuguese. I think the funniest part of the interview Put it out there, make fun of myself. I don't care. As Jennifer Myers were responding to my questions and she's speaking in Portuguese, I have the damn nerve to be like, Oh, oh, really? I'm like nodding, like, I, I don't know. I have no idea what she's saying. 
yeah, that, that full interview should be available in the next few days. A few clips of it will be will be around. There's a clip of it on YouTube already. But, uh, yes. Well, you know what, Aunt Annie. In this world, we've got to find what you know what what uh, what keeps us going. You know, like I'm not a big rah rah hang up the bar with the boys type of thing. I had I had that time years ago. I lived in New York City. I was younger. I'm homebody. I love to spend time with my family, my kids, my wife. And yeah, you know, so you find your thing, man. You find that podcast. Just hits the right nerve at night. Maybe this is it. You find that knitting hobby that you want to do just to keep the edge off. So there's a lot of ways you can sort of construct your life to do the things that you want to do while also having the downtime and relaxing. You find your lane, like find your path. Don't judge anybody. Like if you want to be a farmer in Dakota, do it. You want to drop everything you're doing in a high profile job in New York City and move out west and a friend of mine do that? Do it. Life is too short. Do what makes you happy. Don't do drugs. Yeah, Aunt Annie is loyal. Maybe I can attract Aunt Annie to become one of our loyal followers. Can I do it? Can it happen, Aunt? While you guys are here in the chat, you're leaving comments, leave me some comments about who you want me to Like, and I don't care who it is. You can tell me anybody. Give me some names of people that you'd like to see us interview. I'll give it a shot. I'm knocking on the doors. I'm beating the doors down, the agents, the managers. Interesting world. But let me know. Let me know. And yeah, I assume you're talking about the age thing, and yes, it's true. Only as old as how you only as old as how you feel. Wonderful, wonderful. Where's my wonderful, wonderful? I, I need the, the sound clip. I'm gonna have to download that and bring it over here and play it. I'm sure they won't play it, right? Wonderful, wonderful. Thank you, Dark Matters. I appreciate that because, again, I'm not... I want to make sure I say this the right way. I'm not trying to piggyback on what many holes have built. That's, that would be inappropriate. They have amazing content. Tune into their channel. Great, great stuff. Um, if you're thin-skinned, probably not for you. But they have some good shit. They have a great following. And so, yeah, it's important that they get the love they deserve. Right? And I do want to plug some other people, if you don't mind. Uh, Blood Money MMA. If you look at the description of this video, you'll see a link to his YouTube channel. Smart dude, very sharp. Plays like four or five bets per card. Super simple. Gives you everything you need to know in advance. Good breakdowns. And more importantly, a good dude. Blood money. MMA. Also, Johnny K Picks. Johnny K Picks is like his right-hand man. They work together. They do a lot of shows together. Awesome dude. Great capper. You know, being a great capper, by the way, is not always about your results. Like, no one's got a crystal ball. It's you know, we don't cap here. We just we, we discuss fights, we talk about stuff, we give you our analysis. Fuck, sometimes we're wrong, right? But I consider good people, you know, good people skills. Just being a nice—that to me matters more. And when I talk about Johnny K. Picks and Blood Money MMA. Just good people. Both their links are down below for their channel. Subscribe, follow, all that good stuff. And then Blood Money is also creating a Discord, an old Patreon account. It's going big time. Follow my man. He, he's doing good things. I also want to shout out my buddy Kyle Miller over at Never Hedge Media. Never Hedge Media has a Discord. Sorry, Discord. They do have a Discord. Yeah, they do. They also have a newsletter on Substack, which is great. Kyle Miller puts out breakdowns for PFL, UFC, whatever. 
It has great bets. The guy is so sharp. Usually doesn't lose money. Usually he's a winner. Um, but also what I'm going to talk about is Kyle Miller runs a whole bunch of different prizes, like prizes, contests. I understand right now it's not the time or climate to advise people to join contests for strangers they don't know or giving money through the internet waves they don't know. I get that. But Kyle Miller does a great job at NeverHedge Media. His link is also down below in the description. Great dude, great content. Join his Substack, subscribe, follow him on Twitter, follow him on the Instagram. And the contests are awesome. He has a survivor pool for mixed martial arts. I've played every single time he's had it, and I've lost every time, but I love it. <laughs> he had fantasy football this year. I finished at the last place. I still love it. Good contest, and all of his stuff is run through League Safe. So, safe. One more quick plug here before I get back to our conversation. Today's episode is brought to you by FightTube. Are you tired of scouring the web for fighter film? You want to you don't want to pay the extra subscription fees to watch old fights? Well, FightTube is on the job. FightTube is creating a comprehensive and easy-to-use film library that can be accessed from a traditional computer or mobile device. FightTube's beta version is set to launch this spring. FightTube.org, the MA library. I've paid the bills. Thank you, FightTube, for sponsoring this episode. <laughs> yeah, right? Mike, the man that has us all jealous, Dark Matter writes in. Auntie Annie writes in, nice dark matter. Sure hand, purple, blue, peace. I love I love the the extra text there, Auntie. You're the best. You're the best. Uncle Mike writes in, dark high man. So I assume Uncle Mike is from the MA holes, right? And of course, Dark Matter responds with, hey brother. Wonderful, wonderful. Man, I'll tell you what. Thank you, MA holes, for coming. I appreciate you guys. For those just joining us right now, go back. Go back and, and rewind after we're done, of course. Go back and rewind and check out the earlier part of our show tonight. We had Thad Gene from the PFL and Peter Ishiguru from Bellator 290. We also had Isaiah Hogan from Bellator 290. That was a cool thing because they kind of came at the same time. I wasn't planning to have them at the same time. I was close to schedule-wise, but they actually were here together. Nice guys. Very nice, very respectful. Both former Division One college wrestlers. That was a nice conversation. So if you're betting on Peter Ishiguro or you're betting on Isaiah Hokit next weekend for Bellator 290, must watch that. You can plan to bet on the fight with Alejandra Lara next weekend. Also, watch the interview that I had with her. She was delightful. Spoke openly about some of her improvements she needs to make. She's also been a, a favorite now the last three fights at like minus 200 range and has dropped three fights in a row. Not a good look. Auntie Annie writes in, I am a UFC fanatic too. Yeah, dude. Yeah, we love the UFC, right? Dark Matter writes in here, right? I'm out all. Bedtime stories for Miss Seven. Getting ready for school in a couple of days. Thank you, Dark Matter. You have a wonderful, wonderful day. I know it's earlier time. It's about 7 o'clock in the morning. But this is what we're here for, right? People all over the world, right? Different time frames, different point in their life. You jump in. Join us. Good vibes, right? Oh, come on, Aunt Annie. You're wonderful, wonderful. Uncle Mike writes, Cowboy, I'm not really sure you're talking to me, dude. All right, Cowboy. Our last guest will be here 
any moment. And when she comes through, my full attention will be on her because she is one. If I didn't get to all the comments, I do apologize. I want Annie the Knitter. Cowboy. Who's Cowboy? Am I lost here? Who's this Cowboy character? Okay. So Jordan Shepard wants me to interview Max Rosh, uh, Roskoff, Roskoff, right? We talked about him earlier. He had a rough situation a few years ago in the UFC. Doesn't come out of the corner after the second round. Cut him. He faces a bunch of internet trolls and nonsense. I will try, Jordan. Thank you for giving me that um, that option. Uh, right now, I'm going to have to transition to our wonderful one. Yes. Hello. Hello, it's me. <laughs> Welcome from. <laughs> it's okay. How are you? I'm great. It was really raining. I'm sorry for late. Oh no, it's okay, Elena. It's uh, always a pleasure having you, and I, I was trying to tell you not to rush. I didn't want you like to get into yeah. an accident. <laughs> Car crash will be not what in my plan for this year, you know. But no, no. <laughs> who knows? <laughs> By the way, you look beautiful as always. I love your hair. <laughs> I love your hair. It's it's uh it's beautiful. You look great. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. So. What's new with you? You're in Vegas. I know you're training your ass off because I see you on Instagram. And, you know, so what, what's going on with you? Uh, how <laughs> you say really uh, good um, words like, yeah, I push my ass really hard because uh, last year I lost in the step from the finals, you know. So <laughs> this year I work even harder than I was uh, work a year ago. Well, I'm watching PFL, cannot wait for the next week when the girls will fight for opportunity to be one of my target in the future. So, uh, <laughs> like, I <laughs> cannot wait for the winner of the contract and cannot wait for upcoming season, prepare my best and uh, hope uh, everything will be great. <laughs> Um, just to let the people that are here know, this is Olena Kolesnik. Olena fought in the PFL last year, and she lost in the playoffs to Larissa Pacheco, who would end up then going on to winning the title. And Olena's from Kiev, Ukraine, which we'll talk Odessa. a little bit about. I'm from Odessa, Ukraine. Thank you for thank you for confirming that. I've said <laughs> I've said Kiev like ten times. Thank you. Um, she's from Odessa, Ukraine, and we'll talk a little bit about you know uh, what's going on in Ukraine as well while we have her here. Um, but anyway. PFL fighter, last year, playoffs, come up short. Are you going to be fighting again in the PFL this year, I assume, right? Well, I, I, I'll i do my best. For this year, like, uh, I really want to fight in PFL. Uh, that's why I say, like, I'm waiting for, for this opportunity. And uh, as soon as uh, my contract will be signed and my opponent will be allowed to say, I'll let you know in my social media who it will be. Okay. Do me a favor, because it looks like you have a fan over here. Can you just say hi to Brett? Hi, Brett. <laughs> uh, today's birthday of my father. I know he's uh, he now in the, yeah, 60 years old. This Aww. crazy bastard, 60 years old. I can't believe in this, you know. For me, he's still like maximum 40. Because he always, you know, he's so tricky, man. He's so like... Hard, he's hard worker, but my father is something, you know, like I really love him and I'm really 
uh, like I'm really upset that I cannot hug him right now and celebrate birthday with him because it's 60 years old. It's not 18 anymore. <laughs> so, but but uh, I spoke with him by video call, and uh, he know that I worked really hard uh, that uh, helped to my family because in Ukraine situation became worse and worse. So. He know that I follow my goals and he said he proud of me and we definitely celebrate my winning with my family as soon as it will be possible for both of us. Well, I'm glad you mentioned your father. Uh, my my wife's family is all over in Latvia, you know, and so, you know, when her mother's birthday or her father's birthday comes around, it's very similar. It's hard because we, we can't see them as often um, as we want to. So I'm glad you mentioned it. Uh, hopefully he can come check out the interview. He, does he speak English or no? Oh, my father speaks English. My mom, uh, she dreamed to be a teacher of English, but she became microbiologist. That's why she pushed me to be a teacher of English. So <laughs> that's <laughs> I how I, I remember this English. story. Yes, <laughs> I remember this story. Yes, you come from a very educated family. Yeah, yeah I just, I, in the September, I just uh, made my third degree in political science. Really? <laughs> yeah. And in two years, I have my fourth degree in psychology. I hope so. I don't like to say before it's happened, but I really hard study uh, of psychology right now. It's making me excited. So when you're done fighting, you're going to be fine, right? You're going to... I don't know when I'm done fighting. This is the most important question. When I'm done fighting, I became a uh, wife, uh, mother of many, many st strong motherfuckers. <laughs> this is the plan. <laughs> This is the plan. I need to be a champion. I want to put my name in the history of MMA as a Ukrainian champion of the world. So, like, but then after the goal will be transit to another one. But I know myself, for me, like, I like to be educated. I like to travel. I like to study something new. But the main goal to me, it's uh, to be the champion in pro MMA. This is the main goal. Well, and it's take time. <laughs> it's take fucking time. You know, I work so hard. Uh, I make sport on almost 15 years. And for me, for example, such fighters, uh, recently retirement, Glover Teixeira, it's a huge motivation. This man fighting and he became a champion only in 40. I honestly don't want to follow his example. <laughs> but... <laughs> <laughs> but it's still, but it still give me a hope, you know, it's yeah. never late, never late. That's right. That's right. Well, you know, I remember us talking last year, we had an interview and you talked about your background and how, you know, kind of the beginning and going to the gym and, you know, sort of, and you've come so far. I, I think last year being that close, you know, to competing for the, for the, for the top prize. One it's another, step. <laughs> it's a, yeah, one more step. We're just doing one more step. Right. You know, um, and look at Larissa Pacheco, right? Because Larissa Pacheco, you you lost your la your last two losses were to Pacheco, right? Yeah. <laughs> but if you look yeah. back at Larissa Pacheco, I believe before she won this fight against Kayla Harrison, she lost twice to Kayla yeah. before. Yeah. So you know, look, it happens. It's part of the cycle. Next time you're going to win. Listen, um, I truly believe in God, and uh, from my side, I'll do my best. Everything depends from Him. So I'll do my best. Well, that's all you can do. That's all you can do. Sure. Um, so Brett writes in, tell her I love her training partner, uh, Annie Rection. You train with her? Well, the, the funny story that my 
training partner is a boys. I sparring only with the men's and I training <laughs> only with the men's. So I'm sorry. <laughs> maybe they or, or, or someone from them not tell me true, you know, maybe he's some mysterious guy. So who knows? That's true. That's true. Now, now where do you train? Do you have a, a, I train a... in extreme? I train. I'm in Las Vegas. And as soon as I land into Las Vegas, there is no any doubts that I'm going to, I'm going to train in extreme couture cause, uh, uh it's a great gym with great coaches, with a great opportunity. I'm blessed to train there and I see how much I'm progressive, uh, how much better became I am. Well, I'm still there. I, honestly, I hate any changes in my life. Uh, my sparring partners, which definitely not and whatever. <laughs> and they, <laughs> I usually, I usually so loyal even to my sparring partners. So I'm like, for me, it's hard to, I don't know, like, so as soon as I landed and I really, I'm, I'm really like the gym and, uh, I don't see any other gym where I can train. I honestly think this is the best gym I've ever trained before. There's and a... I, and I have a great coach right now. And I have a, like the person who inspired me since teenagers, like uh, in the gym who kicked my ass. <laughs> I speak about race. <laughs> <laughs> so like yeah. now I around such great people. So yeah, extreme couture. Welcome. Well, <laughs> that is a big gym, right? Like, uh, can you guess how many fighters train there? Like a number. I don't give a fuck how many there. As soon as they, as soon as they close to my weight weight class, as soon as they, as they uh, like stylistically look like my opponents, we will we will make sparring with you. This is the most important. No, uh, don't get me wrong. There is a lot of fighters who inspire me there, and uh, yeah, most of them men. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, like, yeah so yeah there is some good fighters but when i training i'm focused only on myself and make myself like to be a champion i don't want to be in the circle of the near the champion i hate this shit when oh i can go out with the champion i can feel myself champion this is fucking bullshit but most of people live in the fucking illusion i want to be a champion i be a champion i do everything to be a champion so like that's why when i go in the gym i totally focus on my uh, skills became better in everything but this is funny uh, i have a uh, communication with uh, one ufc guy and he say why are you always so mean why are you always so mean i said man i'm not mean <laughs> ah, I, sp I spoke with strickland and uh, chris curtis we have a dialogue between me and them i like they ask why you so why you not smile i said i'm smile or even or only when I like some someone, you know, if I don't like you, that's your problem. <laughs> that's why I'm not smart. I mean, you know, in my country, such people, we really honest and really straight. We say what we think. And if we don't think that we like you, we're not smile. You just to be polite with you. So it's not type of my culture. You need to understand. And I go to the gym, not smile to everybody because I want to protect my teeth. You know, I go to the gym. <laughs> became better and work harder this is the main goal well you know what your 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 passion your intensity i always can feel that when i talk to you because you're very direct you don't <laughs> you don't hold any punches you tell me exactly how you feel about things which i love i want to transition real quickly what's going on in ukraine that we're not hearing because now it became 
it's not a popular story anymore. So they don't talk no. about it, right? So <laughs> Tell now- me about popular stories. So <laughs> yesterday night, I called to my, by the way, sparring partner, really heavyweight champion of Samba, my close friend, Alex, he right now in a hair zone, in the one way of the part of the Riva, my Alex and Ukrainian army, in another part is Russian army, and he going to be attacked today was destroyed uh, the um, hospital in the Kherson and was destroyed, I guess, school or college on Kharkov. So, like, it's not popular. Tell me about it. It's fucking crazy what's going on there. And the worst, what I don't like, like uh, people who in army, they don't have enough equipment. They don't have a, a good uh, jacket for protection from the bullets. And I have a lot of questions. Where's all this money which the whole world sell to Ukraine? Why my guys with whom I spoke, who right now in the fucking war without like normal equipment? Wow. Too many questions with no fucking answer. So I just want to tell everyone, if you want to help Ukrainian army, you need send money exactly to the people or to the person who there, not some organization not some like people who just oh we will help these motherfuckers don't have a proven that they help meanwhile my guys like buy the buy their money buy equipment for protect our country and god bless them because of my people of my friends of my coach who right now in the war either so my family my parents still alive and my father can celebrate today 60 years old well of course he not make like a huge party, but at least he's still alive. So thanks God for that. Well, you said a lot there, and I do want to remind everyone, this war is still very much going on. It's just that the news cycle, once the news cycle's done with it, they just move on, but it's still going on. It's still happening. There's still an invasion. And I'm I'm glad you talked about it. People need to Man, I wouldn't call I wouldn't call murdering, murdering of my people it's a new cycle, you know? It's a fucking destroying of my whole nation, it's destroying of my people. It's just like they use my territory for I don't know, when people start to tell me that like oh it's oh my god. Uh, like you, you sportman people not supposed to be involved in politics. Fuck you all. Maybe that's why I bullshit. have my third that's degree bullshit. in politics, you know? Because yes, I'm from sport, but first of all, and the most of all, I'm Ukrainian and I present my country for whole my career since like, since I start and I'm proud to be Ukrainian, you know? So I know exactly what's going on because a lot of fighters directly text to me and they tell me the truth what's going on there so if you say it's it's not like i see it's not in the news anymore like fuck this fucking use if you really want to like know the true like <laughs> there is some ukrainian news in english either with english subtitles but war is going on and if you think guys like the war is stopped no it's continued and listen it can make me it can make became a nightmare and the whole world will understand what's like what's going on there because now ukraine protect the whole world from the fucking war you know mm-hmm. we like mm-hmm. we we stay by fans from other country and meanwhile like thousands of my people are dying 
It is what yeah. this is what's going on in my country right now. This is what's going on. This is uh, why my uh, parents live without electricity. They have a uh, electricity like couple hours in the fucking day. This is why my parents live without water. They have water for a couple hours in a day. This is what's going through the each city of my country. This is reality of my people. This is reality of my family and the people who I love. Like my my parents, my sisters, brothers, my uh, like uh, people who I love, fighters, like sparring partners, coaches, they all in they all in war. Uh, recently in uh, Dnieper they sent rocket at night where die a lot of people when they sleep. Between in these people die famous Ukrainian boxing coach, you know, and they it was sent not the uh, uh, military object it was sent in the local house of the people when they sleep. Mm -mm -mm. Mm -mm -mm. So if you say there is no war in my country, so what's going on? Is it new, new movie of Steven Spielberg or what? This is this is a big problem. I think. I wouldn't say necessarily it's an American problem, but it's a problem when... It's a problem on the whole world. If war will continue and in the worst case scenario my country lost, war will take the whole world. So, guys, yeah. war not stop. And uh, I hope this all what I see in my news, that the whole world will help my army. I hope it will happen. But yesterday night, I spoke with my friend, he right now in the Kherson, like which uh, the city which they try to make like a second Mariupol, which they fucking destroy total. And this situation doesn't look like became better. Well, I'm here with Elena Kaliznik, a PFL fighter, made the playoffs last year. She's talking about her home country of Ukraine. And I'm glad we talked about it. I, I didn't think we would get this much into it, but I'm glad we have because it annoys me uh, that the the news cycle has gotten off the story. And that's very typical of Western news where when it's a popular thing, they'll talk about it. Like the tsunami in Sri Lanka. When the tsunami hit, it was like front news, CNN. And then they spent a year trying to recover there and it was no longer a story. And in this case, Ukraine is being covered the same exact way. This was a like, if if you visit American neighborhoods, you will see sometimes a Ukrainian flag just out in a, 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 a someone's house, right? As a way of support. Okay, all right, that's that's nice. That's about all that happened. That that that's literally all that happened. And and I would tell my wife, my wife is Russian, and I'm like, listen, I have friends that are from uh, Ukraine. I have one friend in particular who is there, living there, and going through the no electricity. And the water and he's a computer programmer and he's having he's got a young child he's recently married and he's going through all this shit um but the news just dropped it they dropped the entire story it's no longer being talked about and if you if you still now drive around the united states you'll see a few ukrainian flags but what the hell does that do that's not doing anything we're, we're not making a difference by pretending we care about a country for 10 minutes and then now not even talking about it you know i don't know I, I don't ask uh like i don't first of all in my religion we don't judge people and i'm really appreciate because i meet here a lot of great 
people who support me personally because uh, it was really hard and still really hard to be here you know to left everything at home so yeah. there is a lot of great people who who help me really help me from the whole heart and even if they just as you say put my flag on their buildings at least it's remind them even if it's not in the news now that ukraine is still important that's so appreciate people even for the flag that's a good and point I appreciate people who text me that they pray for my country because i truly believe in god and i hope so the war is finished soon but i know how much troubles and how much problems have right now my my army and my friends with whom with whom i communicate you know they are in war yeah yeah no question um I'm going to let you go soon. I know it's getting late, but I, I love having you on. You're always a pleasure. Uh, and you always have an invitation to come on the show, Elena. The fight coming up next weekend between Alejandra Lara and she's fighting a Russian chick. You know about this girl? Hold on. Who? Let me, let me see. What? <laughs> Hold on. Let me see. Which organization is it? Uh, this is for Bellator. What? Bellator. <laughs> Bellator 290, yeah. I, I, I want to ask you, just in case you may know who this fighter is. Oh, Diana Avsaragova is fighting yeah, Alejandra Long. <laughs> I sparred you, you with, with her? <laughs> with okay. All right, yeah, I want to know, I yeah, know what, whatever you can tell me. It's happened a long time ago. Let me see. Okay. I'm sorry, I have a like fucking like my mobile. It's a little bit late. So, like, uh, uh, I know this. Uh, I know this girl because she friend of uh, Jojo, girls who was cut from UFC, mm -hmm. and uh, they're sparring with both of them one day, and uh, she much shorter than I am. Like I think she like to my boobs, you know. So not so, <laughs> so like. Anyway, to, and she starts. <laughs> yeah, so she started to attack me. She started to like go forward, and I just put my knee up to her belly and like that's it i'm like it was it was funny it was funny anyway like i'm not going to watch these fights first of all it's not my organization second of all it's small weight and third of all and the most of all i don't give a fuck about them <laughs> so <laughs> oh my gosh you're funny now next week or this Friday coming up is the PFL Challenger Series for yeah. the featherweights. Now I know this is I will that. watch. <laughs> this is I will watch. This is I have reason to watch it. Do you know any of those girls at all fighting on that car? You know of any of them? I will know all of them. I have fucking this year all of them like FBI, but in Ukrainian style. <laughs> like a like all a like a like a file on file. every fighter. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, I'll be watching on Friday. I I, I like a few of the fighters. I think uh, Karolina Sobik from Poland is uh, quite good. And then Amanda Levi or Levy, she's an American, is pretty good. Then Michelle Montague is the training partner for Kayla Harrison. Someone's coming out of there with a contract, and one of these people are going to probably fight you at some point. So it's going to be interesting to, to see what happens. We'll see. Maybe, yeah, maybe no. Like, we'll see. I definitely well, okay. all of them. Great, great. Well, Elena, I'm going to let you go. I know it's it's getting late there. It's about eleven thirty, right? Your time. Yeah. You're 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 a late night person, though, huh? Yeah, I'm old. Oh. 
<laughs> like a night owl. Yeah. Owl. yeah. <laughs> I Listen, it. I just came back. So um, I came back because my friend asked me to go with her to the Avatar 2. Oh, how was it? It, you know, you want to know how was it? Oh, shit. <laughs> because it was wasting of three hours, 12 <laughs> minutes of my life. You included the, the minutes. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Yeah, you know, I better watch some fights or I make a plan for tomorrow because tomorrow I have a three training. So, but I decided, well, yeah, let's let's watch this movie. And as soon as we go, <laughs> so as soon as we go uh, inside of the cinema and she said like, oh, by the way, three hours. I said, what? Oh, Jesus. She said, but there is will be a um, whale. You know, I'm really obsessed about ocean whales. So I'm like, okay, okay. This is how she catch me to come. And I go. And, you know, after two hours, I look at her. She said, listen, I don't know. I don't know. This is so long. <laughs> listen, the main goal of this movie, one attack another one, another one run away. They try to catch them. They attack back another attack like counter attack <laughs> and this is three hours again three hours 12 minutes man three hours 12 minutes of my life i better make some running you know i better make i don't know i'm like again watch some fights and i seriously she said but listen now we can tell everyone that we watch avatar number two i said you know i better <laughs> Not waste my time for tell someone that I watch something, you know. <laughs> Fuck this shit. Like, was no. Listen, it was a huge work. It was a great graphic. It was uh, a lot of action. Mm -hmm. But you can put in like one hour with something and not describe <laughs> me like how great you are in the fucking graphics with a uh, like with these people. There is one like avatars they meet mm -hmm. another avatars but i think they were hawaiian you know they lit like from islands with all tattoo like i don't know if you want to go and relax after training can or you outside or outside is training and you don't know what to do go to the do this movie seriously you'll have a good time it's a good movie but three hours 12 minutes it's it's a long time to yeah. sit down and watch one movie. I, 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 I got to be honest with you. I saw Avatar 1, but I didn't even see that in the full one course. I I, I saw it in two parts. I'm I, Yeah, that's a long time. That's a long time. And you never can get those three hours back. You lost that time. That's it. <laughs> Listen, uh, I really like the idea and philosophy that we need to be a uh, connection with our nature, with uh, we yes. need to take care about animals, uh, yes. about our forest, ocean. I totally agree with it, 1000%. But three hours, 12 minutes. That's all. That's all. You know, I wish I can tell it about my ex, but no. Like. <laughs> <laughs> You're too much, Elena. Oh my God, you're too funny. That's never yeah. the problem with the men. It's too long, right? No, well, never, the <laughs> <laughs> never the problem with the guys. It's usually the opposite, right? Yeah. Um, is uh, is anything going on in your love life that that is new? Anything serious? I, I know you're going to eventually settle down. You're focused on fighting. Anybody has caught your attention? So I tell uh, recently to my coach, 
uh, Dennis Davis he said, listen, like no more distractions, totally no, no more boyfriends, totally uh, focus on the fight. And uh, he said, okay. I said, and then coach, when we win this belt and make this million, I will can date with Johnny Depp. <laughs> he said, <laughs> you know, we will be, I will be a little bit close to his level. I said, Johnny, you single, I'm single, you crazy. I don't say I'm normal, so let's figure out. <laughs> I love it. Well, you're right. It's now is the time to focus on the fighting. Yeah. And you're going to have plenty of time, you know, after you're done fighting to, you know, focus on, you know, starting a family, which I know you'll eventually do. Um, you're hilarious, Elena. I, <laughs> I, 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 I got to, you know what I'm going to do? Mm. I'm going to, I'm going to reach out to you. I'll communicate with you through our, you know, messaging and I'll find a way to maybe get you on the show like once a month or something, like maybe mm. create some type of um, uh, a segment just mm -hmm. for you so we could talk about something that's relevant so we could talk about let's say some female fights coming up that are in your division or something with the pfl um because you're just great and uh you know people <laughs> like to hear you people my, our fans here love you you're your pleasure to talk to but we'll talk about that because i, I yeah, you're, we, you're we can great. do this we can do an external with you so we can uh watch the fights of the upcoming serials of girls oh you mean friday night yeah so okay so so let's 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 book it on friday we could do a live watch party okay <laughs> you down oh I, yeah i love it okay <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll get everything all set up for that um and uh and yeah that would be great because i did a lot i did a watch party on friday last friday and then we had that uh that gene came through tonight you probably you were still driving coming from that terrible movie uh but Thad gene was here tonight he won mm -hmm. the contract on friday and he was here tonight he came he, he spoke to us and uh gave us an interview so um we're also going to be talking to <sighs> i'm not sure which oh one of the fighters for pfl on friday i'm going to interview her this week um so that interview will be up but that would be great Olenna. so it's not so important if you don't remember her name you know so <laughs> the most important <laughs> <laughs> the most important the most important remember our meeting on friday we will discuss you the yes. fights of girls or discuss after the fights so we will yes. see close to friday okay you're the best <laughs> olena you're the best <laughs> you're the best wow thank you so much for being here i love your personality stay beautiful and i'll talk to you this week okay thank you bye-bye all right now that was the wonderful wonderful the wonderful Elena Kaliznik. And did she just commit to a live watch party with us on Friday? Did you hear that, Aunt Annie? You know? I think there was a... Wasn't there a live watch party on MMA Holes a few days ago where they had my man, the Brown Bear? I've interviewed the Brown Bear. Great dude. But they had a live watch party. Bye, Aunt Annie. You got to go, kiddo. I'll see you. It's... uh. It's getting late. I know. I'm going to talk a little bit longer. Let me put on some. I want to offer her a contract. <laughs> By the way, who, who was the person who came through and had me tripping over my words? Whoever did that, that was really funny. Because you came through and said, uh, an erection or something like that, any erection or something like that. And I actually read it like a fool. <laughs> and then Elena picked up on it too. Um, yeah. 
Oh my gosh. Who's who is this guy, Dana White? Obviously it's not Dana, but um who is Dana? Because I appreciate you coming through. What's up, brother? I mean, 10K and 10K is better than I think what the PFL offers. So yeah, that's that's not a bad deal. Um, I had a conversation about that. I wanna want to talk to you guys about that in a second, but um yeah, right, high three. I didn't get it the first couple of times. Dude, I literally walked into that, like, and that's the MMA holes for you. That was the MMA holes crew coming through and having me. I'm trying to think of all the all the ones we heard as a kid, like, you know, on the announcements, like I'm looking for so-and-so, right? I'm over here like anorexion. <laughs> like, uh, it's your partner anorexion. Anorex like what the fuck was I thinking? <laughs> Oh, gotta love the MA holes. They forced me to walk into that. I yeah, that was Brett. Brett, you are hilarious. Now, mind you, Brett, I had her say hello to you. <laughs> I had her be like, oh hey, say, say hello to uh, you know, to uh to Elena. Hugh Jonas? Yeah, Hugh Jonas, there we go. Some of that kind of shit, Dana. <laughs> yeah, I walked into that. Uh, Cabacao, Felipe Colares. Um, if that is, that is Portuguese. And I believe Cabacao means like, uh, things are okay. Like things are all right. I think that's what that means in Portuguese. I did some Portuguese reading the last few days. I will catch you later. Good night. Take care. I like your show. Wonderful, wonderful. LOL. Yep. And may holes. Thank you on Annie. You are, are the best. I appreciate you guys coming on over. And uh, you guys made this a little more fun. I'm going to give us about 15 more minutes. It's it's been it's been quite a show. I love Elena Kalisnik because she is hilarious. Um, yeah, I want I want advice. Hype three, thank you. I'd like to see you have Dominique Wooding PFL signee. Consider it done. Um, Elena made a joke that I didn't remember the fighter for the. <laughs> the pfl that i'm interviewing this week i do know who the fighter is i i just get a little squeamish about releasing names ahead of time because then if they can't do it i look like a jackass yeah by the way brett brown bear got high as hell on that live that live watch party that was hilarious my man was in the couch not sitting on the couch on the couch please do and you're welcome here along with all of the brethren over there at ma holes Make sure we don't go on the same time that they're on, though, right? Because, you know, got to share the space and got mad love for those guys over there. But you guys made my night coming in here with this nonsense. Very funny. Very, very funny. Okay, I'm going to get to a serious topic here. It's a two-pronged topic. It's the last topic I'm going to discuss tonight. For those joining us right now, we've had a few guests. We had Peter Ishiguro, Bellator 290, Isaiah Hokit, Bellator 290, Thad Jean, who just won the PFL contract. They all came through earlier. And then we also had the one and only Elena Kolesnik. And uh, yeah, she's awesome. She's awesome. Um, give me a second here. Let me respond. No worries. I will get back to you. So Shaquita Woods. That's the fighter I'm communicating with her right now. Shaquita Woods was trying to get her on the show tonight, but we had some technical difficulties. And uh, so we couldn't get her on, but she is scheduled to fight next weekend. No professional fight experience, no amateur experience. I have a lot of questions for her because on Tapology we don't even see her age listed. So I'm trying to learn. 
if you heard the blip there from uh, Olena talking about Diana Absaragova, who fights on Saturday versus Alejandra Lara, she seemed to think, I guess, the girl might be a little, little soft. That's the way she described it, I guess. Then again, whatever. But she did spar with her. Diana Absaragova is a very attractive 24-year-old Russian prospect. And she's fighting next week, or this week, sorry, Bellator 290 versus the very beautiful, very lovely, wonderful, wonderful Alejandra Lara. And uh, it's hard not to root for Alejandra Lara because she gave us an interview and she's awesome. The interview is available on our channel. Check it out. If you're listening to this on a recorded version, which would mean like in the morning on our podcast, or if you listen to this later on in the day, it'll be a YouTube. Uh, like and subscribe. Like and subscribe. So let me get up on my soapbox. Let me put on some background tunes. And let's talk about something that I think has to be talked about. I came across something recently. I, I couldn't figure out. I couldn't figure this out. And it kind of hit me. Why do people come at Ariel Juan? Why do they? Yeah, why do they come after him? What's all the like the negative Nancy stuff about? You know, like the, the Twitter army. And maybe those that are here in the chat. Why do you think people don't like Ariel Hawaii? Like, what what what's your thinking on this? I think I have I think I have the reasons. But why does Ariel Hawaii get this like? I mean, for a guy who's the number one media cover-er, it's not even real way to describe it, but number one guy who covers mixed martial arts, why does he get the blowback? Award after award, you know, ESPN, whole thing with him and Dana White. And I think I put my finger on it. Got it. And I'm a, I'm a watcher and listener of his work, so I'm a fan of Eric's work. Great interviews, nice perspective, good angle. Usually, right? Very thoughtful angle. He's also way ahead of the curve when it pertains to like bringing up matters that pertain to like, hey, this guy. Okay, for example, he was the first and only person talking in the media about Nate Diaz a year or so ago. How the UFC was not giving him his last fight. It was before Nate came out and started complaining about it. It was way before. And he came out and said, listen, they're not giving him his last fight. They're trying to hold him his contract as long as possible. They're going to wait until the very last minute. So on and so on. Ended up being spot on about that. But then again, it makes sense. He's in the industry. He follows stuff. Hyper um, MMA writes in, is he more exposed to a broad audience? Can you elaborate on that Hyper MMA? You're talking about Ariel Hawani. Is he more exposed to a broad audience? Um, and then here's where, yeah, here it is, Brett. He's a constant victim. See this? Yeah, this is your Brett. You just hit the, you know, hit the, the, the donkey on the tail or whatever they call it. You know what I mean? Okay, let me just say it, Erihuani. If you hear this, you 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 uh, you could take it in a bad way, or you could just take it as constructive criticism from a guy who has a much smaller platform than you. The the constant victim mode right brett you talk about this the constant like 
me, you know, like he, he's got this, you know, a bit of a squeak in his voice sometimes. Like, yeah, you know, um, it, it becomes hard to like digest after a while because yes, you had your battles with Dana White, and, and yes, he may have treated Ariel uh, with a with a lack of respect. So I wanted, but dude has re rebounded very well. He's on his two feet, doing well. And in Ariel's defense, he will comment and say that, like, yeah, I'm happy to be where I'm at, grateful. But you're right. You're right, Brett. He he totes the line of constantly being a victim and then does the other thing of trying to bring other victims into the victim boat with him. So like, if you go on a show to do an interview and you're a fighter, he'll ask you a bunch of questions and then he'll skirt around the part of, like, you don't like me, see? Hey, you... Dana, and he just constantly colludes almost every conversation with just a little sprinkle of that. And I got to thinking, I'm like, dude, your coverage is amazing. Your content's great. I, I Almost 95% of what he does, I'm down. Love it. But let it go. <laughs> like, let it go. And when you go on Twitter and you see Errol Hawani like poking the bear, like poking Dana about slap league, about hitting his wife, um, about the fighter pay, it's like, dude, you're just too much on the negative. And so that's why people come at him and are like, dude, you hate women. Uh, you, you, you're like, you're like a, an ex-boyfriend that's still upset about getting broken up with and just constantly pulls that line. And that's the issue with Air Hawani. He doesn't hate mixed martial arts. He doesn't hate the UFC. He doesn't want to blow up the whole sport. No, no, it's not that. But my gosh, it's hard to listen to him for 35, 45 minutes straight where he doesn't say something or instigate something pertaining to how the UFC doesn't do this, doesn't respect him, or how they, they pushed him down along the way. So if Ariel hears this, whatever. I'm just some guy in a podcast talking. I, I don't think it's going to hurt him any to keep doing what he's doing. He's obviously doing something right. But that's why I think some people get annoyed by him. You see? It's the con constant victim thing, like Brad said, and then always wanting to like pull people into the victim boat with him. You know, he could watch a UFC card and everything goes amazing, and he'll pull apart the he'll he'll bring out the negative about it. Now we do have to talk about negatives; they are out there. Everyone's open for criticism. I imagine though, there's a large portion of the MMA fan base that just tunes him out. They just can't do it. They don't want to hear the negativity. They don't want to hear him bitching about contracts, fighter pay. So on and so on. So if you can hear me, Ariel, big fan of your work. You are the best. Number one. You've got all the achievements to show for it. Just wish you would let it go. Wish you would let go of the juju. Um, so Brett writes in here. He is more exposed to a broad audience. It's true. Brett also writes in here. Sometimes his nose gets in his way of his better judgment. Oh, man. That's a good one, Brett. Uh, and then Ariel, I'm, not, I'm sorry, Hype 3 writes in, Ariel is his own character person in this space and makes it easier to attack him. Very true, Hype. And it depends on your platform. He has his own platform. And I think part of those digs that he does throw out there is part of his thing, right? Like, I think watching uh, um, Stephen A. Smith, who's super annoying to watch, but if you're watching him on one of his talk shows and fake arguing, maybe there's some of that, Ariel. Fake banter. My final thoughts. 
had a chance to speak to Sajar Eubanks this week. A nice conversation. I didn't expect our conversation to, number one, go as long as it did. And I didn't expect her to tell me what she told me. Um, number one, she got released by the UFC. Uh, I felt felt bad for her about that. We had a conversation, and no one's surprised that she got released, granted, given the circumstances, right? Missed weight. She missed weight back in Ultimate Fighter. You know, has a history of having problems with cutting weight. Okay. She admitted that. She said, listen, I, I, I kind of, I got myself fired, she said. <laughs> Those are her exact words. I got myself fired. But then, then, you know, you start thinking about Luke Rockhold leaving, right? Nate Diaz leaving and Ningano leaving, right? Recent people that have left. They're in a much higher standpoint than Sajar is. Right? Sajar is just whatever, lower level female fighter. Most people don't give a shit about it. I care about it. But Sajar Eubanks explains to us that what happened was is that she was asking for things. Like she was like asking the UFC, number one, I don't want to fight in the Apex Arena anymore. She told Dana and the, and the crew, I, I don't want to fight there anymore. I want to be able to fight in front of my friends and my family. And I thought, oh, that's that's a good reason, right? You want to fight in front of your friends and family. But go to the Apex then. Bring the friends and family to the Apex. She's like, no, no, no. No tickets from the UFC for her to have friends and family at the Apex. And I was like, whoa, wait, wait I mean, that's, that's par for the course. You get tickets to sporting events when you're a college athlete. You're a college your family and friends. What are you talking about? You can't get tickets to an event that you're you're the fighter. You're fighting on the card. The UFC's like, no. Then she explained that it's a bit of favoritism. She mentioned a fighter, I'm not gonna mention the name, but a female fighter who had like six one of her events at the event. And Star is like, I can even get one. Um uh, three, I'm gonna go back to your thoughts on Lock after this. Please do, please do. I I thought I covered it. Oh. So yeah, um so she explains that the UFC is not gonna give her the apex. And she's like, I, I want my family and friends to be there. I don't want to fight in a sterile gym where it's literally like a sterile atmosphere. And the UFC just said no. Like, no, we're not gonna book you for a live show. We're gonna keep booking you there, and no, we're not gonna give you anything. And like people are probably saying, oh, who cares? It's Sajara Eubanks. You know what? If you care about mixed martial arts, you should care about that. Because they're just people like you and me. And if they're not being treated with respect and not getting along with the company, they're going to leave. We've seen that happen with some high-profile fighters. They've left. Sajara Eubanks may have gotten cut because she missed weight. She said very frankly to me, I didn't care. I didn't care if I made weight. I wanted to get fired. I wanted my walk paper. I wanted to leave. I've been with the organization for years. I went out. She brought up two huge examples that I've got to talk about. Number one, the Mark Zuckerberg situation. I've got to look it up. Haven't seen it again. Remember when it did happen? Mark Zuckerberg, Facebook CEO, goes to the Apex with his wife and Dana. And only those three are the entire three guests that are in the entire arena at the Apex arena. That should happen, guys. Yes, Mark Zuckerberg had his own private cockfight for him and his wife and Dina to just sit there and watch an entire UFC fight night card with not a single other person in the arena. You wanna fight like you wanna fight in that situation? 
you know, the good fighters will say, oh, you know, fighting is fighting. I fight anyway. We all like the sound of the crowd. Or even the sound of someone heckling you. Anything. You're just in a, in a, in a building, in an office building. No one there but Mark Zuckerberg, his wife, and Dana. That is wild. And thinking about that, the context of what Sajar you've been telling me, that I just didn't want I wanted to be in front of the crowd. One of my friends like, no. I'm going to do it. And so, yes, Jari got cut. He got cut. He didn't want to be there. He didn't want to be with me. And she brought up something that I didn't even think about. Just completely blindsided. Power slap me. Have you maybe considered that the power slap league could be perceived by UFC fighters as a bit catty, embarrassing, circus-like? And you're like, well, why, why does it matter to them? They're, they're not in this power slap league. They're in the UFC. Well, because like Sajara was kind enough to explain to me, you got Dana, you got the UFC judges, I'm sorry, UFC uh, referees, and it's being held where? In the Apex Arena. And I just was like, oh, man, I kind of, you know, I'm not a UFC fighter. I don't fight for the promotion. I wasn't thinking about it. But when she mentioned it, I was like, damn, you have a good point. You have a great point. They're conducting these power slap, whatever, uh, events in the Apex Arena, the same exact room, the same kind of setup. Dana's sitting in the same seat you should be sitting in the same referees wearing the same type of you know ufc stuff and they're slapping the hell out of each other and when sajara broke this down for me and you can say whatever sajara is just making excuses because she got cut no watch the full interview we talked about a lot of things sajara eubanks say what you want to say about her i'm going to make i'll make sure i'm clear on this one she fought in the ufc for years okay and if you haven't done that just oh, careful with your criticisms because you haven't walked that line. You haven't walked in her shoes. But hearing her explain to me that how embarrassing it was to be associated with the power slap league and, and seeing like her, you know, the referees, they know them, they, they know these people. It to her was a big turnoff. And she shared that it wasn't just herself. Other fighters who have the same sentiment that, you know what? I don't want to be associated with slapping. We're we're fighters. We're mixed martial artists. Now, this is a real sport, and and I and I think if you put yourself in that, you know, in that context, and you're thinking about well, professionalism, and she said, listen, based upon the recent success of the UFC, we were hoping the UFC was going to reinvest more into the fighters, right? Um, have more live events, and then here comes the slap league, and it's almost like backhanded slap to the athletes who are like we're, you know we're looking for some more money here look at some more support more stability um and the ufc is like we're gonna dabble in this slapping stuff over here so um and so hype three mma writes in that says a lot about what they think of the apex i mean consider this right consider if you're sajar Apex, ultimate fighter apex <laughs> like almost all of her last few fights in the ufc Yo, first time, contender series, whatever, you know, okay. 
But Ariel Hawani was right about this one. I, you know, I know he criticizes the UFC and, you know, he gets in his tantrums and he looks for low-lying fruit. He does. He's right. Fighters do not want to fight there. Any fighter who doesn't say they don't want to fight there is just toting the company line. It's horse hockey. Why do we have grown men and women who are professional athletes fighting in a COVID arena? Imagine the NBA still had games COVID style, like no fans, or just maybe 20 fans, or 30 fans. Yeah, it's, I imagine, I'm just imagining here, I imagine the UFC is using the Apex Arena because it, it's, it's, it's easy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's easy. You're getting the broadcasting rights. It's going out there. People are seeing it, but it's less of an audience. You have to worry about the crowd and you know, ticket sales. UFC is beyond that shit. They don't need tickets. Pay-per-view. Broadcasting rights from ESPN. I mean, UFC just signed a, like a $50 million deal with uh, some broadcasting partners in China. China, dude. So they're just rolling in money. And fighters don't want to fight there. We don't want to fight in front of like three people. That happened. Mark Zuckerberg, his wife, and Dana. Go look it up. That was sometime during the last year. I don't know. I got I to gotta look it up. Anyway, boys and girls, it's now 2.55 in the morning here, Eastern Time. For all those who came through and joined us, super duper thank you. Thank you. Wonderful, wonderful. For all the MMA holes crew who came through, I'm glad I put a link over there in MMA holes. You, you guys came through, really made my night morning. Left some funny comments. Got me into a little bit of word trouble there. But we navigated the course. Some good talks, some good discussions some topics in mixed martial arts and now we're looking to the week ahead we've got pfl number two on friday or pfl challenger series number two on friday bellator 290 saturday along with ufc fight night spivak versus lewis right for those that are new to the channel subscribe please like follow our content if you look down below in our description here you're going to find a link to our Substack newsletter which is awesome and free full breakdowns for pfl ufc invicta Bellator. That's all available in our Substack newsletter. And then we also provide a Google Drive link. So when we're breaking down fights, the bigger ones or the bigger cards, like UFC cards, even PFL, we'll put our raw notes in a breakdown format in a Word document format. It's available on our Google Drive. That's free to access. And again, that link is also down below. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. If you're not doing so already, we try to post a lot of stuff there, all pertaining to this, this channel, content, breakdowns, interviews. And for the podcast listeners out there, you definitely need to sign up and rate our podcast. It's available wherever you listen to your podcasts. Just search MMA Fight Club and look for our black and yellow logo. Subscribe to our podcast. Listen. Almost all the content you see on our channel makes its way over to the podcast there's a few things that we don't put up there but it's almost like every single video we produce here ends up over on the podcast so check that out subscribe talk it up share with your friends and of course we mentioned before check out the interviews alejandra lara fights next saturday right or saturday this saturday nice interview with her and a few of the fighters we talked to the last few days so thank you for being here hype three mma um you're the man, dude. Appreciate your kind words. 
He writes in great show, my friend. Have a great night. Looking forward to the next show. Thank you. You're wonderful, wonderful, Hyper MMA. You're wonderful, wonderful. I hate to say goodbye. I hate to, to, to log off, but uh, it is that time. This show went much longer than I thought. That's um, fully the fault of Elena Kalisnik. <laughs> That's okay. Love having Elena uh, coming by the show. That was great. For those who didn't see the earlier part of the show, enjoy it. Go back. Bad Gene came through and a few other fighters and uh, very informative. All good nuggets of information. For the cappers out there or people that are breaking down fights or looking for information, this stuff is a must watch. You're getting to hear right from the fighters themselves, tell you exactly what they're doing and what's going on with them. They don't tell you all the details, but they give you some information. You also get to see what they're like. I've always been about that. I want to know if I'm betting on someone, I do like to know a little bit more about like, did they, I don't know, play college sports or, you know, I don't know. Do they have children? Are they, are they American? Are they from Poland? I mean, you know, just kind of gets you like more involved, right? All right, guys, thank you so much for joining us. We look forward to seeing you guys again next weekend. It's every Sunday night at midnight here at Midnight MMA, midnight Eastern time. So if you're in Cali, that's 9 o'clock p.m. your time on Sunday night. But for all the East Coast people, we go live every midnight on Sunday night for roughly about two hours. Tonight got a little stretched out, um, but come join us next weekend. And then Friday, we'll have a live watch party for PFL Challenger Series Week number two. And of course, we're going to be joined by the lovely Olena Kalisnik for the entire watch party. Love it. Can't wait to do it. It's going to be fun. And on and writes in here, wonderful, wonderful. On that note, special shout out to the MMA Holes out there. MMA Holes, stay strong. You guys are, that following is uh, like a gang. I appreciate you. All hail to the MMA Holes. On that note, thank you guys for being here. Talk to you guys.